to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is the 1997 sci-fi action adventure by Barry Sonnenfeldman in black. Damn! We have a surprise for you. But first, go ahead and pop in your DVD, press play, and then press pause when the Columbia logo fades to stars. The first frame you perceive of all... Stars. When it fades to the black. When it fades to yeah, the black. Oh, say. yes, as in a screenplay. As it fades to black. Fade me out to the black. Press pause on your DVD <laughs> as I press pause here. In a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause. I'll press play. You'll press play. And we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, this time with four friends in your head. And our friends today are myself, as always, T. Christie. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hi, everybody. Trey, the amazing Stokes. How you doing? And Lowell, the creator of Men in Black Cunningham. Howdy. How's it going, man? All right. Say that again. The what now? You that was created me. that. Yeah. Well, so, well. Well, this should be interesting. Now let's let's like rattle through what we think of the movie so we can get to what Lowell has to say about it. But yeah. For me, '97 uh, Men in Black comes out. I'm right at that age where no matter what comes out, I'll love it. And even even so, ten years later, a lot of movies that I used to love. Wild Wild West, Phantom Menace, yeah. they've come and gone. Interesting connection between this movie and Wild Wild West. I'm sure we'll, we'll get, get there in a second. Men in Black is still, I, I really enjoy this movie. I, I, I have never read the comics, so I feel like a jerk. <laughs> but I'm sure I'm the overwhelming like majority of asshole kids that saw Men in Black and thought, that's a cool movie. Yeah, the movie's better. Um, we'll find out about so that. So Men in Black, I, I heartily enjoy it. I, I love Will Smith at this point in his career. I, the Rick Baker creatures are awesome. Danny Elfman's score is one of my favorite Danny Elfman scores. Uh, everything about this movie just clicks for me. Uh, we'll come back to Lowell. Darkman, how do you feel about Men in Black? Uh, I like this movie, and I'm I'm sitting right next to Lowell and giving him the sideways <laughs> glance. I'm like, was he serious, or are we like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that... You're going to trash the movie. Yeah, I, I didn't... Um, uh, you know, as, as uh, Fig said, I didn't have a, the point of reference of the comic book to compare to. Um, but as a movie, I, f- I think it works. I don't think... Uh, well, I, I mean, Will Smith is doing his thing, but this was before that kind of got old. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I think he works in this film. And um, I really, yeah, I, I just, I, I, it's been many years, actually, since I've seen this one. And, um, uh, you know, I kind of lost my taste for it after Men in Black 2, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I remember liking it, so uh, I'll be interested in uh, watching it again. Catching you all up on it. Now, Trey. Yeah. Dorkman and I were, were, but we interested sci-fi tots. Yes. <laughs> when was, when was your, what was your experience when you first saw the movie? I, I was aware of the movie beforehand because uh, I, I, this is another one of those movies where I was like, ah, all my puppeteer friends are working on a great, fun, sounds like a fun movie, and, and, and more importantly, they're working, um, and I'm not part of it. I, I don't know what I was doing in 97 that I wasn't part of this movie. I think I might have been overseas doing a theme park or something, but uh, I was vaguely aware that this movie existed. Um, for example, one one of the worm guys is a, a good buddy of mine named Greg Ballora. He's a voice puppeteer and also one of the voices of the worm guy. So I was aware of the movie. And then when I saw it, I was uh, I really dug this movie. I really had no preconceived notion of what it was, um, what it was going to be, and and just uh, thought it was w- great. And it, just, it had this bizarro offbeat, you know, charm to it. And this, uh, you know, Sonnenfeld had already done, I do believe, uh, Adam's Family. Which was his first big hit uh, as a director. He was a DP before that, and uh, Adam's Family too had this bizarre black comedy tone to it that really worked, and and then it really worked in this movie. So I really just enjoyed the movie, even though I didn't get you know get paid to be in it, but uh, enjoyed I enjoyed it very much. All right, now and Lowell, it, it holds up for me too. When I've seen it most recently, it still holds up. Oh, good. Okay, uh, Lowell, what's your relationship with Men in Black the movie? Uh, you know, at, at this point, it's thirteen years later. Yes, I mean, I guess. We're going to get into this more in the in the whole thing, but you, you, how how serious are you when you say the movie's better? 
Tell, tell me about that joke. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's, it's not really a joke. The um, <laughs> the Ben and Black comics were my first professional publication. When when was that? When did you start writing those? Oh, I don't want to say that long ago. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> but it was uh, ten years before the movie. Okay, we we had it was out of print for five years when we uh, signed the contracts, and it took them five years of development. Oh. Yes, I signed the contracts about the same day Fox uh, said they were coming out with the X Files. Wow, that was a while wow. ago. Yeah, damn mid mid or mid nineties, late late nineties. So, so well then, one question then before we we kick it off. Then my question would be: if the, if the comic had even been out of print for five years, how did Columbia take it into their heads to make a movie out of this project? Uh, well, they- fortunately for me, uh, Malibu Comics is located in Malibu. They were very close. <laughs> And, and uh, they I, like, threw a comic over Barry Sonnenfeld's fence, or what? <laughs> they stole they, they did over a, it. They did a big push with really? their so with they, their inventory and oh, with all their stuff. Oh yeah, so, and and ah. mine was probably the one that benefited the most from that. All right, nice, cool. Yeah. Were there other movies that came out from Malibu's line of of books that got made? Um, mostly TV shows. All right, okay. cool. cool. Well, anyway, now that you know who's here and you're ready to go and you got your DVD pause when the Columbia logo fades to stars, go ahead and get your mouse remote ready. Here we go. Three, two, one, unpause. There we go. So now that now that we're rolling, yes, um, which fr- is hard to tell. Ah, oh, there's the credits. Oh, look at that font. That's God, a great that's font. A, that's a freaking wa- uh, Where the Wild Things Are font, too, now. <laughs> and, oh, really? They stole that the, from Where the Wild Things the Are. The every Tim Burton <laughs> every Tim Burton font uh, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so, watch that dragonfly. That's right. <laughs> Keep your eyes on that. It's a dragon. great opening credit sequence, the way the dragonfly you know, carries you through and then has a punchline at the end. Yeah. I, I thought this was a nice little sequence they did. So I, my question is, um, for, for listeners who are, are unfamiliar with the comic, um, which it sounds like maybe a, a good number of them, if it's, if, or have they republished them since? Oh, uh, There was a reprint when the movie was out, mm-hmm. but uh, it's been out of print for some time now. Mm. Um. Uh, how how faithful is this to the the tone and and the overall uh, gist of of the comic? Um, much more than I had expected. Really, I would say it, it's about sixty forty. Uh, with well, I could go through while we're watching and tell you where some of the differences are. Sure. Uh, yeah. For example, in this opening sequence, uh, the first sequence in my comic book takes place in a desert as well. Nice. But it's where J and K meet, mm. ah. as opposed to. K and his partner, you know, separating. Right. So the scene is kind of here, but it's just not J and K who are having the encounter. Mm. Um, There's a scene of of, of agent, but it's the old agent who retires. Yes. Yes. So, so uh, was was it a very um, were they already agents at the time, or was it a a Jabe was becoming an agent type of story? That part they kept. Okay. The him uh, learning the ropes from K. Mm-hmm. That's in the that's in the comics. Yes. Nice. So Jay was Jay was the rookie and K was the the veteran and you had exactly. that dynamic from the beginning. Yep. Very cool. And but one black and one white. Just like uh, actually, they're they? both uh, blondes oh, in, no in the comic book. Ah, well. So I guess that Columbia is more progressive than you are, Lloyd. Arbitrarily <laughs> cast the it wrong It was the guy. 80s, all right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, now see, there it is. There it is. Hey, my look at that. On a dragonfly's butt. Yeah. <laughs> right over a dragonfly. <laughs> Filled look, up the whole screen. We though. all dream so of that. So that was good. Yeah. That was well, a, yeah, the glory of having a long name, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of letters in that name, so. <laughs> Will so, Smith, little tiny credit. Lowell Cunningham. Hey, Steven Spielberg <laughs> even got a smaller credit than him. Come on. <laughs> so oftentimes, once the movie is written, 
the writer will be there and he'll get trampled all over. Uh, so I guess my question is, as the original creator with a writer that came after you and then the movie that came after the writer, yes, uh, how much control or leeway did you have on anything that proceeded over the course of making the film? Um, did they ever ask you your opinion or anything along those lines? Did they ever defer to you? <laughs> did they send you the they, script they, at some point to say, <laughs> by the way, we wrote a send script. Send you a copy of the DVD. <laughs> I, I, did read, I did get to read the scripts, but uh, uh, no input really beyond that. That was that was they were just like hey here it is, yeah. well and you well, were like well and they're like shut up. <laughs> <laughs> for, well, fortunately for me, having worked in comics, I'm used to a, a lot of collaboration, mm. and it makes sense to to hand things to more experienced people. Sure. Um, um, so, I, I'm I'm pleased with the way it turned out. Nice. Wow. That's cool. good to hear. Otherwise, it's gonna. Well, that would have been an exciting commentary, too. <laughs> By the way, it, uh, it just uh, I do believe this is, if you're a real genius fan, I think that's Hollyfeld driving the truck, um, who's, who's grown up to do it. And he's become more of an action guy lately. He was in uh, The Rundown, for example. Um, it's always so striking to me to see. This he was, also, he was yeah. also in Firefly. Yeah. And The Pretender. No, no. He's talk, talking about the driver. Yeah, the, the, guy. the, uh, oh, this the guy. sheriff. Yeah, uh, the, the Border Patrol guy, yes, was in Firefly. I'm talking about the driver of the truck. It's oh. uh, Hollyfeld from The Real Genius. Um now, if, if you could see about 20 feet off uh, camera, I'm uh, watching them as they film this. Oh, okay. Now, where was this shot? Was this actually out? In a studio. Yeah, I was really? going to say, this is, not really? a, this is not a real desert set, is it's, it? This is a, a whole stage, a set. Yep. Not a real desert, it's a set. Wow. Was, was it deeply surreal the whole time? Oh, you mean w- watching something I'd done just get to this point? Yeah. It was incredibly people, people so. A thousand people are, are making it happen. You know it's you know it's really weird. Tommy Lee Jones and I never thought I'd say this looks really young here. He really does. <laughs> yeah, he looks doesn't look as craggly as yeah. usual. Yeah, he's had a lot of, he, a lot of work done. <laughs> I, I was really impressed with him. Um, he was very respectful to Sonnenfeld. Mm-hmm. Called him sir, uh, and he especially treated the extras around him really well. Oh, um, I know you're probably aware that most of the stars have. The big uh, star wagons, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, well, while they were shooting this sequence, he was a little thirsty. He wanted something to drink. He didn't want to go all the way back to his uh, big wagon. He asked the extras permission to go onto the craft services truck huh. Aww, because wow. that was their territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't that nice? Yeah. That's oh, a, that's what a great it. thing. That's isn't, that uh, isn't Mr. Jones like uh, you and I, Lowell, a, a Tennessee native? I believe he... Uh, um. I know he lives in Texas now, and yeah, he, he roomed with Al Gore. Yeah, the fam- he famously roomed with Al Gore yeah. when they were in college together. But L- L- weren't you also born in, you from Nashville originally? I, the Nashville area, yeah. yes. It's a, and myself as well, Vanderbilt Hospital. Memphis represent. Ah. Yeah. So I'm from, from L.A. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Notice we didn't include you in that yeah, conversation. Yeah, you were part of it, man. <laughs> Yankee. It's your I'm house so right off the music highway, dude. Yeah. Ah. Now here we go with the uh, there's there's some Rick Baker stuff and some ILM stuff going on here I believe where this is a mm-hmm. combo right uh, they had so many sensors set up in this uh, sequence to get all the uh, effects right and especially uh, what happens in just a couple of seconds yeah because he's this is a this is a suit right this thing is real it's, yeah uh, it's, part it's yes the parts of it are real and yeah. parts of it aren't uh, from the waist up uh, it's mostly real from the waist down it's mostly not. And that, that head there, that human head, that's a Rick Baker special, man, because Rick, Rick can do realistic Trey, tell us human about Rick head. Baker. Rick Baker, if you don't know who Rick Baker is, he was, he's one of the, now he's kind of the, one of the grand old men of makeup effects, but he used to be a young wonderkind. Um, now, 
right here. Go ahead. When the guy's hang on that. Now he's gone digital. Okay, wait a second. When the guy screams, where did he go? The uh, border. This guy. guy is, yeah. When the border patrol guy screams, there's that's actually someone else screaming. <laughs> <laughs> At like they, a dub, or they had a stunt screamer. They had a stunt screamer. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta get the. He right didn't want scream. to strain his poor union vocal cords. Yeah. Wow, his <laughs> mouth was open, and it got in there. Right? This, <laughs> I never noticed that. This before. is probably the, because of all the effects being done, and because they're going to blow blue goo all over the place. It's probably why they opted to do this as a whole thing as a set, yes. just to have more control over it, rather than try and get you know Bureau of Land Management permits to put. We're going to put what kind of blue slime on our on the desert? We uh, tested right. it. It's safe. Mm-hmm. Well, and and more time to shoot. Because yeah, I'm sure this is the middle of the day and, yeah. right now, you know. They just black out the studio. Yeah. And you're about to see one of the main things they kept from the comics. Oh, yeah? What's that? It's oh, the, the clean, neuralizer. The cleaner? Oh, the neuralizer. Okay. Yeah. Now, you and did the, did the in your Men in Black, did they have the, the cleaning crews like this also who would come in and, and police the area afterwards? Is that then, one of your things as well? In in my version, frequently there wasn't anything left to clean. Ah, okay, <laughs> but the neuralizer was was your thing from the comic. It, was, it didn't look quite like that. I, I had it look more like a flashlight, mm-hmm. but it's, a, it's like hell it's on a stick. Very much the same idea. Yes, that's a I, that's that's the iconic thing from Men in Black. Yeah, like that's absolutely. why they mm-hmm. that's why they would would get your version to to so to use the neuralizer as opposed to just <laughs> going with some urban legend thing. You know? I have an art department buddy who has made up. A, a series of props, uh, like replicas, and uh-huh. his neuralizer is insanely cool. It's nice. it's all set up with it's spring loaded. You just go and it does its whole thing. It's and it's really really cool, and it's heavy as hell. It's like a hammer. It seems to drive prop companies out of business, though. There's been at least three tried to produce them for uh, sale, and they're they're gone now. Wow. Yeah. You think it's a direct connection or somehow, <laughs> or just a coincidence? I hope it's just a it's coincidence. The curse, it's yeah. the curse of the men in black. They that's, come that's in with right. their real neuralizers, and it's all yeah. over. <laughs> you can't watch, sell watch this. Logan. I'll show you. Like, I don't know. I gotta mm-hmm. go. Home. I gotta. Hey, put, what, what, what do you got there, Lol? Flash. Not, nothing. <laughs> Boom. That's all. We're done in front of this week. What happened? No, just start. It was Swampcast. Yeah. What movie are we doing? <laughs> this I was like this this older character actor. I mean, he's one of the, he's one of those those guys. You know, where you go, I've seen that guy. Oh, so lots of times. westerns. Yeah. He actually looks like the air conditioner in The Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> okay, fair that enough. That makes any sense to anyone? Nope. They They actually had a stunt double for him, and I'm not entirely sure why, because I don't think he really did anything. Well, he, Mikey you, pushed him to the ground, although he actually can sort of see he did the, at least the close-up of the fall. Well, uh, I think they opted not to use the stunt double because it wasn't the close enough match. Yeah. It seems like the kind of thing they'd just they'd have one there in case they decided to just bring it like, what, what if Mikey throws him across the, the cactus? Yeah, there. exactly. So, how do you feel about Will Smith as Jay? Yeah, when you when you heard, oh, he's by very, the way, he's, he's so Smith. charismatic. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. I think he did a great job. But but uh, clearly a very different character than probably Jay was originally. Uh, well, the the main thing. With uh, the character Jay is that he's the new guy. Uh-huh. He's uh, he's got to be capable, but yet still a little out of his league so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Will did that great. Yeah, I mean he he put that across. I mean, uh, as Kay says later, uh, he had the right stuff because he was able to uh, track this guy on his own, mm-hmm. at, who's got you know superior powers to him, right. superior abilities. Uh, so he has the tenacity. Mm-hmm. And he's got the the brains to learn, and uh, that makes him a great uh, a new agent. 
Cool. And I think uh, he put that across very well. At which point in the, uh, you know, from going to, I, I've heard of these guys, and there's this whole series of urban legends about men that would come and erase evidence of UFO landings and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. when, you, when you go from having a concept like that and saying, oh, That was a fun little just dissolve. Yeah, not there, the, not the, <laughs> kind of a pretty simple one there, just, just, to just, just straight dissolve it. <laughs> anyway. when, when, you're start, when you go from that idea and start crafting a story, when did you settle upon, or I guess how did you come to settle upon the idea of bringing a new guy in and having it be basically an origin story for a character that these guys are just now meeting for the first time? Like, Was it always something you wanted to do to have the story of getting initiated into the Men in Black? Well, the important part there for me is uh, I wanted the characters to represent the use of the power they had. And so Kay, who's been in the organization a long time, has uh, he's seen it all. And in my comics, he's a, uh, he, he shoots first and then there won't be any questions. <laughs> That's blew, his attitude. Just he's, blew the doors off the Guggenheim just there. So I think they, they were pretty faithful to that. Well, no, you, you're I'm talking, talking about Kay. Kay. Oh, okay, about okay. So, so, so Kay, Kay, Jay's Kay, the trigger-happy one here. There aren't a lot of letters here, Trey. Keep up. Yeah, that's right. When Rip Torn shows up, I'm going to be totally lost. <laughs> well, in the comics, Kay's the guy who thinks he's got the power and so he's what he says goes. And uh, Jay is the character who's trying to make things better. Not not just fit what their notions are. And that also comes up, uh, in later. You'll see where uh, uh, Kay softens a little bit in the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, it would seem like that would give you a pretty good opportunity. I mean, like with, with any um, uh, story where you're introducing a new character, it gives you an opportunity for them to explain what the rules are and how all that stuff works. That's um, always but, part of it. But it's but it's interesting, you say. Um, so so um, Jay was... Um, kind of more, more trying to to change the system in in a way in in your stuff. Basically, well, he's, he's like an idealist. Yeah. Hey, well, yes, more idealistic. Uh, now, here's another similarity of the comics. The the first appearance of aliens in my comics were at a farmhouse, very much like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a much different story. Uh, my aliens were on a scavenger hunt. Huh. <laughs> okay. And. Uh, they kept visiting uh, the farmhouse, uh, trying to get the farmer's uh, gun. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, uh, but they had to have permission. Mm. That was the tricky part. And uh, so this part, very much, uh, sim- it's similar, but different. The, well, the aliens didn't crash. They landed. And, but they were bugs. But the but the uh, the story in the movie then has developed into more of an epic "gotta save the world" thing, where it wasn't so much that before. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we these days in the last five or eight years, we've seen a whole bunch of adaptations and remakes, uh, but you very rarely hear from the person who was adapted mm-hmm. from from whom their work was changed into a big movie. Uh, you say you're happy with the movie. Yeah. That well, that line was in my. Uh Comic, you can have my gun. Yeah, the, the proposal is acceptable. Yes, because I, I, that's one of my that's one of my favorite jokes. Yeah. And normally, you know, we try and avoid line quoting because I'm just turning into fanboy. This is a good line, but I, I, I was really wanted to point that line out because one of my favorite lines mm-hmm. in the movie. So but, that actually is one of yours. Okay, yeah, good and, to know. But but in in the comic, the alien said it's acceptable, and they just waited for the guy to die of natural causes. <laughs> <laughs> I see. A little more proactive in the movie. Mm-hmm. So you, you say you. Uh, you're happy with the movie and you have a good relationship with the movie and everyone that made it. Mm-hmm. Is there any... I guess I'm basically asking you to ask yourself a question that I can't think of. Is there anything weird that 
isn't immediately obvious about the act of having something you've created be pushed through the whole machine of we're going to make a movie out of this so X, Y, and Z have to happen? Is there any... Oh, the most yeah, the most just, horrible thing is realizing how many ways it can not get made. <laughs> there were... Oh, let's see. Um, Columbia was bought by Sony, which puts movies into turnaround a lot. Um, uh, Parks and McDonald's uh, company became part of... Uh, uh, what, what was... Spielberg's uh, DreamWorks, DreamWorks, I guess. Amblin. Yeah. They, well, Amblin when he was at Universal, and DreamWorks is when he went off. Well, and formed his own but company. they, but uh, Parks and McDonald had their own yeah, production they, company, doing movies. and so that became part of another organization. Which that's also something that put things in turnaround, and so on. And it was uh, my understanding was uh, with Spielberg's name behind it, that's what pushed it through the yeah. the final hurdles. That's a great effect. That's a beautiful bit. Yeah, that's definitely a uh, very dark humor, like we said, and, and a good use of effects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unlike uh, what, what we got in the second one, which was just gratuitous. Yeah. And the, the, you know, we had Sonnenfeld. I mean, what was your experience of Sonnenfeld, um, the director? In, in what way? I mean, he I wasn't mean, directing me. I know, but uh, <laughs> you, 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 you were able to see sort of how how um, you know Tommy Jones is. I mean, how is well? How, what, what kind of set does Sonnenfeld have? I mean, is he? Is, how does he? How does he? What's his process? Or, you know, We've what, told what, James what, what, Cameron what, stories. So, yeah, what is so, it? I mean, if, this if, is if, a safe if you notice place. anything about him, you know, some directors, <laughs> some directors, in my experience, you walk on the set, you can't tell who the director is. They're so low key. And other well, directors, he, it's he, he is a is. little a bit low key, but you know, he's the director. Yes, yeah. um, he likes a good cigar. <laughs> nice. Um, frequently between uh, the the shots, he would be out uh, trying out a new cigar. Having a cigar, okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, I found him very friendly. He uh, always made a point of introducing me around. That's good. Which, That's good. you know, That's considering good. my position on the totem pole, that was quite a nice thing for him to do. Absolutely. Did you ever have an experience on the set where some PA didn't know who you were and kind of just pushed you aside? <laughs> Actually, you're not the director. You're not in the movie, so just go away. <laughs> not so much that, but there is a there is a scene later that uh, I have a little cameo in, and um, I was an extra for one day, and I'll go into more detail about that later. But uh, some of the people did not know that I I wasn't just one of the regular extras. The other open casting yeah. guys. It's yes. just one one of the one of the crowd. <laughs> Now, if I'll, you, you can rock my world if you say this was your line as well. But uh, there's there's two lines that in for this entire movie that Tommy Lee Jones delivers, where he just like, I just like, wow, he just totally nailed that, and he He's nailed that in a way that I I wouldn't have seen coming. You know, that, okay, is it? Did I did he say when? Did he say when? Because he played right there, and there it is. It's like because he plays it. Look how serious he is. He is so terrified. Well, the guy goes, yeah, the guy said the world's going to end, and he goes completely stone cold and says, when? "Did he say when?" And you know, that's that's what tells Will Smith that something really weird is up. <laughs> um, I just love that moment, and maybe you can guess it's another moment uh, a little later on that uh, also um, that he just owns so beautifully, and, and it's a. Uh, you know, a great line and 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 a beautiful and you know, I'll I'll set it up in advance and you know, so it'll go flying by when we get there. But uh, well, I wish I could claim this one, but no, sorry. Okay, well, the the other great moment, and I'll just go ahead and, and while we're on the topic, is when he's 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 looking at the his 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 former girlfriend, who of course he had to abandon when he became an agent. And, oh, the triad and, one. And uh, yeah, and and, and uh, Will Smith is kind of jovially says, "Well, better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all." Mm. Right? And he just again he goes that stone face and he goes, 
try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's and it's like and that's all the backstory in this movie that you really get. Uh-huh. And it's all it's all you need. This is the first time I remember seeing Tony Shalhoub. And even mm-hmm. it really is. It's an early. I think Who he was doing Monk and a billion. He was I think he was doing class. Wings at the wings time. At the though time, well, he was yes. already. He was like this one of those. Oh, he's a TV star guy, and he's available on his you know break, so we'll do a cameo with him. But yeah, Chaloub is oh, is, oh, is oh, a look great how skinny guy. He is. <laughs> and he's he, he's <laughs> been given some some accoutrement there. Some te- crazy eye, teeth, teeth and ears. And yeah, I was there when he was filming. Never got a chance to meet him. Mm. I love it with his lazy eye. Anyway, it's it's uh it's interesting to me, like you were saying with the the backstory, and maybe it's it's uh, different in the comics, but it's interesting that they don't their their memories aren't removed in in terms of their former they life. Like it's before. not a dark city thing where they make them forget right. everything except you know their aliens and yada yada. You um, mean the aliens themselves? No, that the the yeah. men in black when, when they, they start when they working here, the, they don't kill them. They don't like clear out their memory. Yeah. Oh, they, they, they oh, let I them keep yeah. their loved and lost moments. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Well, it's a good again, point. I guess if you were a cop or something, you'd want to bring that experience with you. Well, exactly. I suppose. I suppose the argument, the easy, very easy argument uh, wow, that's against. Good. It's all right. I I think it works. I like it. Well, it works, especially yeah. for '97. But yeah. it would it would be a bit better now. It's kind of it's kind of cartoony in, but but it, it, but it's supposed it does work for the for the tone. I think. I've been in a place like this. <laughs> now, uh, I, I've, been to, I've been to Universal Studios where, of course, there's a Men in Black ride, which is actually quite elaborate. I think, Teague, you've certainly seen it as well. Yeah. And pretty much every one of those guns is for sale in the uh, gift <laughs> shop, you know, which is pretty badass. So I'm just going to ask you a blatantly uh, blatant question. Do you get a piece of that? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I get checks every so often. Okay. I'm assuming that's part of it. Because yes. that's my curious. I mean, obviously, it all depends on the deal you made, and I'm not asking you to name dollar figures, but I mean, when someone buys a little Will Smith with sunglasses doll, I mean, is, is do you get any, any you know, a bit of that at all? Is that part of uh, your... Actually, that, that's probably, that sort of thing is where most of what I get is from. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, nice. you, you and George Lucas, like, screw the movie, <laughs> merchandising. Merchandising's where it's at. Well, that's good. I, I'm I'm glad to hear that because you usually hear the opposite. It's like, oh yeah, they make a million little, you know, look at those little iPod looking things in the case. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie Fisher's always complaining about how she, you know, she goes to the conventions and sees ten million action figures of herself that she uh. doesn't get a dime from, and it's her. You know, it's like that's me, and I don't get a piece of that. Well, at the roast of George Lucas, Carrie Fisher said, "Every time I look in the mirror, I owe you ten cents." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember Carrie Fisher was telling a story about going to Comic Con, and there was like these sort of sexy Leia who was like spinning with a weapon, and she like looked under her own skirt and discovered she was anatomically correct, and she was like, "I just, just, this is just too much for me. I can't really handle this. Who, who sculpted that? That's my question that immediately came to mind for her. Who sculpted that? Now, this is the bit where I'm not entirely clear on why Kay did that, why he neuralized uh, Jay just then. Um, good question. I, I would say it's because he wants to start give him a chance to start fresh and see how he reacts. Maybe, mm. but yeah, um, he's, it's, he's giving him the. I believe he's going to give him the choice like, to become a man in black. Reality, yes. you know, it's like he needed he needed him to to lead him to Jeebs, so he didn't neuralize him then because he needed the information he knew. But mm. of course, then he then he neuralized him afterwards as a standard thing. This is him sort of going off the reservation a little bit and going. But I bet this guy could be an agent. He was uh, just right, right now. He was, yeah, okay. Right now, he was just a tool for my investigation. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but so mm. I neuralized him because that's what you do. But mm-hmm. but I, he, he did did he o- so he only neuralized him about. Jeeves, or did he did, did well, yeah. he neuralize I mean, him? At that you, point, you he can didn't set know the time. Going to be an yeah, yeah, you can set the time. You can set the so time. Yeah. The, the question is, how far back did he send it? He clearly still remembers the alien from before, though the yeah. whatever it's called, I forget. Yeah. No, that I, was, I, don't, I don't think he does. I no? think he, I think he erases. I think he erases Jeeves and the 
cephalopod. The cephalopoid. Poid? Poid. It's got to be poid. Anyway, I think he erases all of it. I think, yeah. I think Trey's right. Then, he, why he, does, he, then why does he come back to him later? Why does he what? Doesn't, doesn't Jay seek out Kay? In a few, I mean, it's coming, so I suppose I should wait. But no, it's, he gave him the card and said you should come by. And oh, then, and so oh he's, you know, right. He's, so he's yeah. just sort of I was going to say, I don't think he ever sees Jeebs again. Join the recruitment about? program. They will see Jeebs again. Yeah, he does. Cameo, but, um, yeah, they, they filmed the uh, farm uh, scenes on location. Nice. Mm-hmm. Somebody's is it somebody's actual farm somewhere? Yes, that's great. I forget the name of it. I uh, I wasn't present there. Ouch. This is this is kind of a gnarly, violent thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a bit. I like I I love uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's performance as Edgar. He Just, really is. And it was an early one for him. Of course, he'd already yeah. done Full Metal Jacket, and but it's so it's so hard to recognize that that's the guy uh-huh. that that's Private Pile from <laughs> Full Metal Jacket. He, Actually, you know, when you think of this as being the sequel to Full Metal Jacket, it, it makes does kind of work. There's kind of a through line you can kind of draw. If, if, <laughs> if, if Pyle had not killed himself and lost the weight, he might well have grown up to be Edgar. If he'd gone back home, left the army, and gone <laughs> back home, he might have been Edgar. So, well, you've worked on many projects, mm-hmm. and this one became Men in Black, the movie. Right. Uh, I, I, you know, it's kind of weird. You don't want to pick favorites or anything like that, but can you see why, for whatever reason, this one made it through the whole system and the other one's... Have had different fates. I mean, is there any rhyme or reason to which one made it, or is it just? Uh, well, it's most of the other. Uh, uh, are you talking about my projects or Malibu? Well, I guess Malibu, but specifically yours. Uh, you, would, you would know the most about the various things you've worked on, and any insight as to why Men in Black is the one that became Men in Black. It's the most distinctive. Really, it's got a, it's got a look about it with the. Uh, and it's it's got a mystique that uh, a certain you know a certain part of the population knows about, and and the the rest are discovering. So and and uh, in some ways, it's actually more down to earth than than some <laughs> others. <laughs> well, at least it does take take place on Earth, so you know it's it's it, the locations are largely real. You know, it's New York as mm-hmm. opposed to maybe something that's a little more fantastical. I love this. Best of the best of the best, the whole yeah. thing. Now, this is like, I love that that's not an answer at all. Yeah. That's, is, that doesn't explain yeah. anything. I think it's a military joke. And this is where, yeah, it, this is where it works when, you, when you, you, know, you create a little scene in which you, you, know, you have a Bill Murray or a, a Will Smith in your movie. You just create a little scene where you go, okay, give me like 90 seconds of your thing. And, uh, you know, and this is, you know, he gets just a kind of riff on this. Okay, you're the odd man out in this group. Everyone else is a jarhead and, and you, you know, squared away, and you're not going to take it seriously. And go. And, um, and I don't know, Lowell, were you around on this, uh, in this particular scene by any chance? Or are you involved uh, in this? I was, uh, I was there that day, yeah. So, so, well, I mean, tell me if I'm right or wrong. Was it like every word scripted, or did Will just kind of riff? Or, you know, how did you, what was the process there? Because it, feel, it feels very spontaneous, and maybe he, he's just he good is, at He is uh, spontaneous at times, he's, but he, he, if he does go away from the script, he sticks to the spirit of it. But he was mostly uh, on script. Mm. I mean, uh, uh, some of his gestures and, and things like that, you know, and the, the his expressions – He'll vary from one performance, you know, one shot to the one take to the next. So you were on the set for quite a bit. Then. Quite, a, I was I there, was there about a month. Was there a reason that you, was there an actual reason for you to be there? Or were they just were they they let me? They, yeah, I was going to say it was a courtesy <laughs> that they let you, which is great that they did that. Yeah, you know, 
But Lowell's like, you're again today? Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't yeah, think they yeah. let Jesus into the temptation of Christ. <laughs> yeah. I, I think so he much. was... Well, you know, and he, he was pissed. He got the guy who played him struck by lightning like three times while yeah, they were making yeah. that. Didn't, did, it, did his best. Yeah, the, uh, James Caviezel got struck by lightning like two or three that times shooting that. I thought you were talking about Willem Dafoe. Oh, Passion of the Christ, sorry. Well, yeah, that would explain so much. Willem Dafoe got struck by lightning. I've been struck by lightning three times. James Caviezel got struck by lightning? Hmm? Yeah, on the cross. On the cross or what? <laughs> no, oh. damn. Mel didn't get the hint. Apparently. I don't know exa- exactly. I was like, that's not working out so well. Really. If you don't want me to make this movie, give me any sign at all. Ah! Any, sign. any sign. Any sign. Any sign at all. Any sign at all. <laughs> it's a great little. It's a great little comedy bit. Just his whole. The, the I love the table bit. You know the 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 grinding. That just this goes is sort on of forever. the uh, the starting premise for the ride. By the way, for anyone that's ever been to Universal Studios, yeah. and mm-hmm. it is. It's a fun. I really enjoyed that ride. I really enjoyed it because it's a, it's an interactive ride, which is a, is uncommon. And you no, know, uh, I imagine it's really fun. At some point, it just becomes background noise in your life, and you move on, and everything else is happening, and life takes over. But do you ever just sit back and feel weird? There's a, there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's a ride based on your comic. There's yeah. a movie based on your comic. There are toys based on mm. this thing you did. Like twenty years ago, it's just like mm. yeah, you know. There's a whole ride based on that. That's kind of bizarre. Yeah. They built an entire building. I've, I've gotten so used to it, it's not weird anymore. <laughs> okay. Was it weird at some point early on? I mean, was there a point where you were like... Watching this while uh, while it was being filmed? Yes, it was fantastic. Yeah. you know, uh, we Weird were, in a good way. I think we brought it up during our... We did a commentary on Jaws, and, and, and I remember a quote at the time, uh, Peter Benchley, who has a cameo in Jaws... Uh-huh. Um, you know, what talked about said at the time about you know Jaws was you know I sat in my spare bedroom and then with my typewriter and I you know wrote this thing and it became a bestseller and that was great uh-huh. but that he said but to walk onto you know to say and the Fourth of July weekend where the beach was crowded with people and helicopters flew overhead and the striped beach cabanas fluttered in the breeze and he said and, and to walk onto the, and, and they built all that you know right. this is what he was alluding to earlier he said that was it was the moment when it's like my God you know. I'm glad I didn't say the, the gold, the golden crusted yeah. beach cabanas because they, I have they might have power. made that, you know. <laughs> but it's just, it was such a weird thing to go. It was in my head, and that's it only existed in my head. And now a thousand people are making it happen in real life. So what, oh, yes. what was what was the impetus in taking the the Men in Black idea and making a comic out of it? Like, what about that really drew drew you in? Actually, it had a lot to do with my geographical location. Really? Okay. Yes. Uh, living in uh, Tennessee, and uh, I saw this as being an idea for a TV show, really. Okay. And yeah, I could definitely see that. California is where you have to be for that. Here I am in Tennessee, uh, a student, which means basically broke. <laughs> right. How do you do that? Well, you make, make a, comic. a comic book. Nice. Yes. So it was... Was it initially like self-published, or did you get in with Malibu right away? Well, actually, I, I have a friend who had done some work for them, mm. and uh, he suggested that I send things uh, to Malibu. And uh, I had tried other companies and not gotten a very good response, but uh, I had a letter from my editor, uh, Tom Mason, within a week of sending them this idea. Hmm. Well, wow, nice. So you wrote the you wrote the, the the text, and then did they did you assigned you an artist who then who then did that part of it, or um, what was that process like? Um, that's the way it usually goes in comics. Yes, uh, Sandy Carruthers, who lives on uh, Prince Edward Island, did the artwork. <laughs> wow! So so it's being written in Tennessee and drawn in Canada. In Canada, 
And it was uh, inked, I think, in Europe. Okay. Don't you mean I traced? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Now let's be nice. It's inking. <laughs> it's inking. So um, that was a chasing Amy joke. Not a, I was not ripping on him. Yeah. Sorry. Um, was what 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 he's saying about the the setup of Men in Black? Were your Men in Black more of the just kind of clean up, keep it quiet type of thing, or was it kind of a uh, Earth is the Switzerland, and we're just ki- trying to keep everyone from freaking out as all these aliens come and go? Uh, well, a little bit of both. In the comics, the uh, aliens only show up a third to half the time. Mm-hmm. The rest, I had uh, supernatural things. Oh, okay. Things like that. Um, so I was trying to get them away from the the traditional archetypical men in black from the UFO legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in the UFO legends, the men in black are... The bad guys. They're the bad guys. The yeah. And I the, the, wanted to make them... The, the, the human bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, there's a question there's as to whether they're, they're, they're actually another form of alien. That's another theory, right? Yeah. Or right. that they're slaves to aliens, things like mm-hmm. that. Servants of aliens. Um, Mormons. <laughs> well, they dress no, the same. No, Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. But, um, so, I had uh, a demon in one story. Hmm. Uh, summoned by D&D players accidentally. <laughs> Things like that. Uh, the one, the one thing that I did do, and th- they had talked about doing this in the sequel, but apparently uh, couldn't get it to work. Uh, you're talking about the Switzerland thing, mm-hmm. uh, science fiction conventions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the aliens love science fiction conventions <laughs> because they can be themselves they and mingle. they still fit in. They just that's go the there. Idea came up in Galaxy Quest, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The real, the real aliens just go and go and mingle. Well, my comic book came out before Galaxy Quest. That's true. Yeah. In fact, Galaxy Quest was only a couple years after this. Maybe it was around the same time. Mm-hmm. That whole that whole speech just now is a really good speech about, you know, 1,500 years ago, everyone knew the Earth was flat and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But I am fucking sick of the incredibly gullible, incredulous people using that quote to defend any fucking <laughs> yeah. thing that they've decided they want to yeah, believe, exactly. you know. Um, Does that really turn up a yes. lot? Yeah. 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 On the on the Internet, whenever people believe something, like, ridiculous and it's like, uh, there's absolutely no scientific evidence for that. In fact, yeah. there's evidence against it. And it's like, well, 1,500 years ago we knew. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to hear this. Yeah, My God. Missing the point that the speech is about going from a, a, a position of ignorance to, to know, understanding. Like, exactly. To understanding. It's like it's not that just anything fantastic might be true. It's right. just that, you know, you, 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 learn. Acqu- you acquire knowledge <laughs> of what is true as you go. But, you know, we never let the... So, Meaning of a thing. He also he bad misquote. But but he also does do the quote about you know uh, people are stupid, panicky, crazy which is, animals. Which is or we've all used which is that a much one. better one. We've used that one, <laughs> and we use I've that quite used often. That one, it's true. I <laughs> that it's one true. I approve of. <laughs> nice little bit of visual storytelling that he just happens I to be. This in was a, a, uh, he's in a. I think this was like a Fourth of July weekend movie, wasn't it? Oh, it was Will Smith's. Yeah. It was yeah. it was the. Oh, we have to put Will Smith out every Fourth of July because Independence yes. Day was Fourth of July, and, and then well, after Wild this, West. Wild Wild West. Yeah, was this was, was, this was after Independence Day, right? This was the second of his. Yeah, Fourth yes, of July. Yes. Black Independence Day was ninety six. This was ninety seven. Wild then then was Wild West ninety eight. No, ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, that's right. There was a, a year. There was a year yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. He took yeah. a year off there. He did. What was it? He he did. A, I'm running on the rooftops building or, mm-hmm. or rooftops movie between the Matrix. Enemy of the State, maybe? Any of the state. Oh, I Enemy think that state. might be it, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. but that, anyway. was, that wasn't a Fourth of July movie. Now, what's coming up was, was one of the coolest places to be I bet. <laughs> during the filming. Uh, now, they, go ahead. They have, well, 
this room looks incredibly huge. In in real life, it's about half the size of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. But uh, all the extras running around, the the costumes. Uh, 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 Rick Baker was there. Got to meet him. Nice. Uh, and a lot of his associates. Now, um, if you look closely, the fellow that's checking people in uh, is Rick. Well, no, no. Wait. Rick, Rick is the, one of the guys. The guy there in. with the headset on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the uh, the milk commercial guy. Oh, that's yeah. uh, Sean. Sean Whalen. Yeah, yeah. I used to I used to know him from the Groundlings. Yeah, he's the milk commercial. The, the uh, Aaron Burr. The Aaron Burr. Yeah, this yeah. in the district. This, actually, this, this creature here was built by Steve Johnson. Uh, this right. this uh, plasticine, this plastic creature, because it was one of those cases where just as Rick Baker was the extra guy when Stuart Freeborn couldn't fill an entire cantina, um, and the fellow walking upside down was really walking upside down. No nice. kidding. Yep. For real. Um, for real. They didn't. Need to, they they could have just He was. He was strapped in. Way to go, great. man. So for this scene, there was so many aliens they needed that Rick had other effects artists and other creature artists like make some stuff. And I, as I, re- I believe Steve made, because it was kind of like he was like, "Well, you did those cre- those." Clear creatures for the abyss. Make me, you know, make me clear creatures. Because so, I, because Steve, I remember talked about being on the set as well. So it's one of those things where everybody in town could, you know, make an alien, bring it to the set. You know, we'll put it in the scene somewhere. Hmm. And this sequence was fun for them to film because all the things that are falling over, they had to reset whenever they retook it. I bet. And um, was it just a bunch of PAs with strings, or are they all on little motors so they just go bunk? I don't know how they actually did the things yeah, dropping, probably, but probably a million tricks going on at once. Yeah. Yep. And this is another, you know, where you just point the camera at Mill Smith and just go, "Okay, <laughs> apologize for ninety seconds." That, yep. the, the, just, be, the just beaker, be upset. The beaker know? room, I'm sure. Was yeah. Like, how long for a reset? Screw you, Barry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's go again. That was that was four dozen charges. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> we got it. You got it, or you didn't. Maybe next time, bring a second camera. I like how cool. Z- tractor. I like how cool Zed is in that in that. Uh, yeah, he doesn't even respond. Dude, Zed is cool all the time. Yeah, well, Rip Torn is just Rip Torn's the man. Now, now, you had, did you have a Zed in the original conception? There was a Zed. The yes, but you never guy. see him. Uh, oh, he was the the unknown faceless. Now, how about the twins here? Okay, now hang on. Here's my cameos coming oh, up. Okay. Oh, Lucas! Oh, Lucas! I okay, never noticed yeah. he was look one of back them. there. Oh, oh, oh. Nope. Did we miss you already? No. I'm, I'm, you'll see me again in a second, right. I think. There, I, that, I, that was I, you just, I there, just walked away. Glasses, right? You got the horn rim, black horn rim glasses going? Uh, but that was my that was my star turn. It's great. It, it, of course, one of the great in jokes is like, who who are the aliens and all these? And then they had to get permission, I think, from all these people to get their you know have their likeness be used. But uh, you know, it's like, it's mm-hmm. Isaac Misraki there mm-hmm. and uh, Oprah and <laughs> Michael Jackson and mm-hmm. now. What, in fact, I think in the in I mean you'd be able to, to tell me this what, wasn't it a big deal or oh no it it's still in the movie where Michael Jackson is like w- yeah, one no, of their I it, remember he like encouraged it he thought that was great yeah he was yes, you know, perfectly yes. happy with it all of the agents are given a first letter designation now they ha- <laughs> they had it come from his name you, uh, I don't know if, if they actually show it but in the in the script. They showed things yeah. be, that's being his name's being backspaced until all that's left is the first letter of his yeah, name. That's yes. the movie. Um, but what was that? I mean, I guess where I was going with this is in that the story. In in your story, it's like oh, it's you'll spelled be a out. J. Yeah. Well, and and I spelled it like the name J oh. and the name K J A Y K A Y. It was just the the designation that was up at the time. Mm. Well, I, my question is in the United States where we are from. Uh, the last letter of the alphabet is pronounced Z, not Z. Yeah. I like Z better. Well, I know but, that, but, but, but is the implication that 
was there any more thought to that than Zed sounds cooler than Z? Well, is it somehow it's British? <laughs> is it Zed British? I just thought Zed sounded cooler. Okay, yeah. Cool, supposed <laughs> to Z. <laughs> Because that's because that's how in, that's how in uh, you know in Britain they say Z and they Canada and Canada they don't say they don't say Z they say Z X Y Z. Mm-hmm. I thought Z sounded more like a name. It could it be does. an abbreviation for Zedekiah or something mm. like that. JK I was Z. trying to have the letters sound like names. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Z doesn't nice. sound like a name. <laughs> Not to me. They also say H instead of H. Mm-hmm. And schedule. Wait, who says H? Well, that's just crazy talk. Yeah, I know. Um, that's huh? Who says H? The British and the Australians. They both say H instead of H. Yeah. Weird. That's no. right, and that's why you... They, 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 well, it makes more sense because it, it actually starts with starts the letter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just like they say, if you're cooking, you might put some herbs on that. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like crazy they actually pronounce the it's H. An Eddie, it's an Eddie Izzard <laughs> joke. Yeah. And we say herb because there's an H in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. because there's a freaking H in it. I love that bit. Boys just can't control his arms for a second. <laughs> but he's trying to be casual. Yeah. Oh... Here's the uh, here's the here's the we set up the the pun that drives the you know the you know, the, the galaxy's on Orion's belt and they they chase that they chase that interpretation for about forty five minutes until they mm-hmm. finally realize they've been kind of you know they've been hoodwinked by by syntax. <laughs> like, whoa! Oh, that's what they meant the whole time. We could have saved so much time. Those are all kind of terrible comps. None of those. They, they all look like the Daily Show. Mm-hmm. We're at the yeah, we're really. at the Congress building. Made me a camera three. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm gonna say they did that on purpose. I don't know. <laughs> For real? I don't know. Oh. I would find that funnier than, yeah. <laughs> than doing a good comp. There's ashtrays everywhere, but no one's smoking. That's for other things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but something the aliens do that you don't want exactly. to know about. Like finger drips. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to hear about it. What it really does. But, no. So this was the. Uh, I think the trend of Will Smith doing a song for his movie thing started here, didn't it? I don't think he had. A, I don't think he did one for Independence Day or anything like that. No, but this I think and Wild right. Wild West. Yeah, no, he didn't both do a rap had, song. But this was this, one, this was a big deal with the uh, the Men, Men in Black, Black song. And yeah. the Men in Black song is great. The Wild Wild West one I is actually, like, a, it's like a rip off of Stevie Wonder. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually like the. Uh, I whole. I like the whole Men in Black album actually that was put out. It's oh, not yeah, just yeah, him, yeah. but it had. Uh, I actually had that album. It had it had songs. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, uh, and they were good. A little strange personal note: this, this little scene here with the little, you know, this little conversation is—is is, I think the first time I ever encountered, and I'm, I don't know how how old it was at the time. I, I ever encountered the 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 euphemism POS, and, and it's, really, yeah, I'd never heard of that. Heard that? Well, one I hadn't before. either, and I started using it, and my dad corrected me. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, but I thought it's, it was a car. What's funny was because it's like I'd never heard it before. It is. I'd never heard it before in my life, but the instant he said it, I knew what he was saying. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> I hope that catches on. I was, I was on a radio interview show and they put me on the spot and they asked me to come up with a trivia question from the movie for people to call in. Uh-oh. So I said, uh, what did Will Smith call the car? Good one. A caller came in and correctly answered P.O.S., the host of the radio show said, "And what does that stand for?" <laughs> well, <laughs> and Pontiac uh, Oldsmobile. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it kind of works actually. But it was a Lincoln. Um, and there, uh, here's a little cameo because this is the fellow who played Lurch in Sonnenfeld's Adam's Family movies. Oh, nice. No, yep. yes, yeah. He was at the uh, the premiere party. He is gigantic. He's, he's a very tall man. Very nice. Very pleasant. But. Uh, if you shake hands with him, it's like uh, you're a baby and he's a grown person. Yeah, well, is it? It's amazing. How tall is he? Is he eight? Is he eight? Oh, he must be. He must be pushing it. Yeah. 
It's amazing. If you watch those guys' lips, this is a um, – but were you there on this day? Uh, don't think so, no. I, I was mostly there. Uh, the sequence in the desert, mm-hmm. the sequence where uh, – oh. where Jay uh, is in the headquarters. Uh-huh. Well, I saw most of the scenes they shot in the headquarters. Uh, I was there because, you know, they only leave the sets up so long. Mm-hmm. They they shoot all the scenes. Uh, this and, and that's the same studio I was told they, where they shot the the uh, parts of the Wizard of Oz. Wow, oh, nice. Yeah, that's great. This is a well. If you if you watch and we're watching with the sound off, so I was uh, I was checking it out as they were going. That conversation apparently um, was. It was filmed, and then they rewrote the script, and so yes. the galaxy took on a different meaning in the story. So that um, that dialogue originally took place in English, and if you're listening, if you're watching without the sound off and reading the lips, you can see you can that see it's there. actually in uh, they're speaking English, uh, but they redubbed it with with alien noises and put different subtitles on it so that they could get away with changing the exposition. That's how right. they got Mariah Carey to act in uh, Precious. <laughs> hey, look, it's Quillick. Now I think this sequence here it is Quillick. <laughs> By Grabthar's hammer, I am not trying to escape New York. <laughs> no, I think this is the sequence they used in the uh, Super Bowl commercial. Probably so. Hey, yeah. it's always it's always kind of a little thing. Hey, look, the World Trade Center there. It's just a little strange. Always a little odd wow. to see the World Trade Center. Bring that on down. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, but somebody oh. will. Oh. Well, you, oh, snap. Too soon? They they had to... Uh, Jesus. They, <laughs> they really had to change the the second movie because of that. Yeah, because it was... It, it was, was post, prominent. In, it, yeah. Yes. Did they actually remove, remove it? From they, the, they replaced the repair. references to the towers with yeah. the Chrysler building. Right. Mm. My That's understanding right. is that they were filming Spider-Man... Suppose, uh, but the first yeah, Spider-Man it was trailer, be a big fight, like a big web fight between the two towers. Well, the, no, the, there was one. The first Spider-Man trailer was a he, he, he caught a helicopter he, he, he of robbers with a web between the towers. Between the two towers, wow. and it actually ran, but then then had to. Pull and in it. fact, a number of the um, a number of the original Spider-Man posters, you could see the two towers reflected in his yeah. uh, in his lens. Maybe, that, his maybe Spider-Man did it. <laughs> yeah, he would have a lot to gain. <laughs> I wonder how they did this. That's a comp. It's or, a comp, yeah. It's a, but it's the, but a, the first one seemed like it was there. No, I don't think so. No. It's all green screen. It's all, uh, you know. Green screen? That He looks like a kind of floppy digital guy. It may, mm-hmm. it may be a combo there. This Dude, is a great little puppet. This, mm-hmm. pu- this puppet is great. I like the little the little squiddy puppet. Mm-hmm. So how would something like that be operated, Mr. Stokes? It's uh, be cables, all the cables in the world. You know, Will Smith's probably sitting on a bank of cables. The, how, many, how, many, how many cables? <laughs> all the cables in the world. All of them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of them, yeah. <laughs> so it's like going back behind his back and there's yeah he probably goes down uh, to, like up his arm you know that's why he's holding it that way and it's you know, cradling it that is a cute little alien it is a cute little thing and then at the same time they were making the movie they had an animated series in production starting up well that was I happening that. right at the really, same time uh, well uh, it was in development at this point and then uh, the day of the uh, the premiere party um I was able to, to visit the uh, set. They were recording episodes hmm. for the uh, voice tracks for the animated series. Who, who did the voices for that? Was I'm not familiar with the cartoon. Um, I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. Well, <laughs> I, I, love, I love this idea. Was this your idea where they get their info asking. from the tabloids? Uh, actually, I do have tabloids show up. Nice. Yes, uh, uh, or uh, 
news items. Uh, my favorite thing to do is to have two items described as being completely d- unconnected mm-hmm. that you know from the context of the story were very closely right. connected from the their point of view. Nice. nice. So I'm assuming Will Smith wasn't the voice of the cartoon Will Smith. No. Uh, the first uh, time in history... Will Smith hasn't done the voice of something. Like, it's like for everything they don't need Will Smith to do the voice for, they yeah. get Will Smith. He'd make a great the one shark. time there's a cartoon Will Smith, yeah. he won't do the voice for that. Yeah. He'd make a great fish, but he can't do his own Men in Black voice. I'm afraid I can't remember the actor's name off the top of my head. The only mm. other role I could tell you for sure, he had a, a, a part in a few episodes of the Drew Carey show. Phil Lamar, maybe? No, it wasn't Phil Lamar. I, I would remember him. I would I've actually I've met Phil Lamar a, a few times. Uh, but oh, he, I love her performance too. Yeah, she's great. Oh, the the, the uh, whole production Siobhan staff is her name, right? Shaban, I think is how they yeah. pronounce Shaban it. Fa- Shaban Fallon, right? I've never heard it pronounced. Shaban Fallon is it Shaban? Yeah, I believe so. Um, That's way better than Shaban. Uh, and she was a she was a, a briefly uh, an SNL cast member, I believe. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. You were going to say the whole crew about her? We're raving about her. Ah, uh, yeah, they loved her. <laughs> She seems her, like a lot of Loved fun. her performance. Because this <laughs> is such a, you know, this is one of those performances that we've, we've remarked on them in other movies where it's like, this could this could be hysterically funny and memorable, or this could bomb and I'll look like the dumbest actor of all time. Because you're <laughs> really this very strangely affected yeah, Or you notice the pose. That's uh, from the Kennedy photo. I was going to say, that's oh. the Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> if he was holding, a, if yeah. holding a newspaper in front of his chin, <laughs> he'd be Lee Harvey Oswald. The art, the art department went to town on this farmhouse. Unless you're going to tell me this is really what the farmhouse looked like when they got there. Well, that would suck because there's a whole line about <laughs> yeah, how, about how awful it is. coming here quick. Can we use your farmhouse for a major damn. motion picture and then diss it? Now, they cut a line from here that was from my comic. He, they put the sunglasses on, and he uses the neuralizer. And in the comic, uh, the first time that happens, Jay says, the glasses stop this thing. Mm-hmm. And Kay says, they don't call them Ray-Bans for nothing. Oh. And they they actually shot it, but it was cut from the film. But you may have noticed that there was a tie-in with the Ray Bans yeah. at the time oh, yeah. of the film. I was very well yeah, aware. Yeah, it, it was a big part of the music video. The, sun, the sunglasses and the watch were the thing to have. Yeah. I, oh yeah. Well, I, I they probably I would guess they figured because I got that just from knowing the fact that they were Ray Bans. I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> that was my little product placement joke. Nice, and they got it. I <laughs> they, wonder. They uh, got the oh. license and. Uh, yeah, Ray Ban. Ray Ban was like, sure. They were all. Yeah. Over. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When was the last time you asked us before you put sunglasses mm-hmm. in a movie? Yeah. Hollywood. I wonder on the subject of. I'm sure this is an art department thing, but how awkward it would be if it wasn't. I wonder. I always wonder what the dynamic is like between a really fat actor who is there because they needed someone to make fat jokes about. That, that's always. That's yeah. always my thing. Like, like it's with like, the- you know, I understand that they get it and they're like, I'm getting jobs because I'm a big old fat person. Right. That's great. But I, you know, it's still. It seems really cruel and cold. <laughs> that's, like, that's, it seems like there's no way to dance around that's that. That's the way I think of it with um, like the Harry Potter movies, the the Dursleys. Yeah, I think I'm like, how do you <laughs> come in for that? Role? How do you yeah. how do you cast the fat awful people? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm up for the role of the unpleasant guy. Yeah, Here, here's another. They said place I was where, perfect. Here's another place where they changed the script. Uh, they do a lot of cutaways to to Will. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> half of them were to give them a chance to put. Uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones' dialogue uh, mm-hmm. differently. Loop it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So Loop what, it. what? How did they? What? What changed here? Did they change? Was it plot stuff or just? Uh, the they whittled down the number of aliens that were in the area. Um, yeah, you're right. We never see him say any of those words. <laughs> yeah. And then he. So whatever else he was saying, into does that sound like fun? But he yeah. ch- probably changed everything that he said. Well, here there was this. There's the one group coming in. Mm-hmm. But in. Um, 
in the original script, there were two factions mm. fighting over Earth. They were uh, basically using the Earth to. Well, they were going to destroy. <laughs> it was going to get. They were going to destroy it in the middle of a of a fight between two alien groups. Wow, well, yes. I forgot Linda Fiorentino was in this. Yeah, I, I, I and I really missed her in the second movie. I I really well, she's gorgeous. Yeah, that too. And well, I and of course the the, the these, there's the, this movie anyway sets up that she's the new agent at yeah. the end, and then she just disappears from the from the movie. Now now does that have anything to do with anything that you ever did, Lowell, or was that the a movie thing having this a new agent come in in, to replace? in the comics? It's. Men in black. The, uh, the, 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 oh, the, and, no, and no black men. Controversy. Uh, now, now, now. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. man, I'm sorry. Black, no black men in black and no women in black. Well, uh, if, if you follow the legends, uh, women women have their own power color. Oh. Yeah, it's white. Oh. Yeah. So uh, nurses and nuns and things like that, that's the wom- woman's power color. Yeah. Now, you were commenting... Uh, how beautiful she is. I have to say I was able to meet her in person. Uh, offset, she was being, uh, she was talking to the, the uh, costumer. And I offered to help her with the fittings, but... Uh, no, but <laughs> that was nice of but you. Ser- seriously, I invented though, the, show, the, the concept. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Great. Seriously, though, uh, as good as she looks on screen, it doesn't compare in person. She's just even that much better looking. Wow. I'm, I'm serious. Wow. Because she's beautiful. She's she is. really, really yeah. pretty. But uh, it comes across even more in person. And she's got that vibe. We talked about this before. I, I get the feeling that she's smart. You get that yeah. feeling? I, yeah, I, I but think I've, she is. I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard, you know, because she, she was in, in Dogma as well, and I, I heard the reason she's not in Men in Black 2 is because she's just really tough to work with. Yeah, I, 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 I've heard that she was a piece of work on Dogma. Yeah. But that's, yeah. you know, that's which secondhand. Is, which is interesting because, I mean, she gives really great i enjoy her performances and it's the kind of thing i watch her i'm like how could that have been so difficult to get (laughs) she has a a very controlled style Mm -hmm. um now this sequence here they had to shoot oh three or four times right Mm -hmm. um now will's improvising gestures and expressions and things uh her performance oh (laughs) she had it nailed it Uh was it was she she did she knew what she wanted deviate, to, she right. knew what she wanted to do yeah. and that is what she did every take uh-huh. and this is it, what, we've talked was, about this in other commentaries where we talked and especially scenes like this where she's got to do all this medical jargon and you know act like she's a competent medical doctor and she's totally selling it you know and, and mm-hmm. we've, we've talked about uh, how when it, when a character you can kind of tell when an actor or an actress has to say this technical dialogue that they have no idea what they're saying. They might as well be just sort of like a parrot, just kind of like spewing syllables, you know. Yes. And, and uh, you know, I'm not getting that vibe off of her at all. I mean, I think she, I get the impression that she did her homework and she probably has a pretty good idea of what she's actually talking about. And that's why she can, you know, make it, make it work like that. Mm. I think you're right. As opposed to, you know, um, Charlie Sheen's wife saying, I'm a nuclear physicist in a, in a James Bond movie, which I just, I always had a hard time with that. Someone... In the background, there were two scales off to the right. The background had weight on it, and it was swinging. I'm guessing. Oh. They looked at the. They was looking at the monitor, and he's like, "Someone put that." Having the two scales that are both empty looks weird. And someone just like put a book on it, and it's like, "All right, that's good. Roll." And it was still because <laughs> it, 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 it never gets touched. Now it's not. In fact, the weight is different. The weight's different. Yes. But I, I, I figure it was probably something along those lines because it's just sitting there, just swaying back and forth. Wow. 
You know, and that's the one that that's has an, that's an wonder, IMDb note waiting to happen. I have right to wonder there. what was in there because she just went through a whole thing about how the There's internal organs were all missing. There's nothing yeah. to pull out. So does she? Did she just leave a brain well, in there gets, from the last? No, that's when she gets the knife out and just starts cutting off stuff. Yeah. Now we're gonna, no, she would have figured out what we're about to figure out. Yeah. Uh, now we're coming up quicker. on, I believe it's in this scene, surely, is, is when they when they open up the body. Yeah. Um, there's a, a Rick Baker special there where um, – now I know if you were around for this at all, Lowell, because a friend of mine actually was the main uh, lead guy on the effect that we're about to see, the, uh, the, the little fella in the control <coughs> chair. Yes. Um, I, th- I was there when they were filming – uh, this sequence here. Now there's there's this figure, and then when there's when they go in close on him, it's actually an overscaled version. They actually made a, a, a larger one so they would be able to get better better articulation out of it. I didn't so, see that part. Yeah, I, that, was, that, that was an insert that was shot elsewhere. Right, but yes. uh, so yeah, so you see this this whole trick, which is again, you know, Rick Baker's amazing ability to make you know a fake head that looks like it really should open its eyes and start talking. Yes, and uh, and then so there's. Here, so here's this guy, and they built him in two different scales. They built him in one to go to fit inside an actual human head. Mm-hmm. But when they when they go in for close-ups of him, it's actually like like uh, Gizmo and Gremlins, very same effect. Where yeah. they, just, they just made the whole thing twice as big, so they could get that much more detail out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, fellow, a friend of mine who he's not doesn't work for Rick anymore, I don't believe, but a fellow I worked with all the way back to the Blob, uh, uh, predominantly a mechanical guy, you know, would build these amazing mechanisms named Mark Satrakian who I worked with on The Blob and, and would see periodically. He also was the main lead guy on The Brain Gremlin and Gremlins 2 and made the articulation of The Brain Gremlin work. And this is Wow, a, that doesn't compare very well right yeah, there. This is, this I is, will say. This is Mark all the way uh, building this guy. This is great, though. And, and Mark, uh, you know, I mean, look at the size of this guy's mouth, and he's double scale, and still imagine how tiny his mouth is to be able to even attempt to articulate. But uh, Mark is one of the – he's a great mechanical guy who can build amazing stuff. And unlike many who are great mechanical guys, also can puppeteer it really well. He's an extremely talented puppeteer. So I always like to see Mark do his own stuff because yeah. uh, often a guy will be a mechanical guy and they'll say, oh, well, you built it so you puppeteer it. And the puppetry is awful because those are two different skill sets. Um, but uh, Mark Mark can do both. He's really quite talented. I didn't I didn't notice the, the first time through, but it's – it's him that provides the word belt. Yeah, he was. He would have said collar, but he he just provided the word belt because yeah, he couldn't think of. Well, it. he would have said something starts with B. Yeah, he's not as good as. Uh, uh, no, but, uh, he's, not he's good going, with English. But, but, was he? What is word? Yeah, but, but what is oh. word? He's, he's making a B sound. Oh. Trey, I've never Fair asked enough. you this before. Mm. I, I don't know this about you. Do you make puppets too? Uh, do, you, I, do you make critters, or do you just? I was. Oh, I was. Um, I, I have. I have. I used. Uh, that was always a handicap for me. Is 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 the op- because the opposite is true. Is as I said, you know, when you're building, when you have a job, and a job comes in, and you're doing, you want you to do, we want you to do effects for our movie. First thing you have to do is build it, you know. So the the first people who start are the designers, and then after the designers, the sculptors usually start because you have to sculpt the things, and then the sculptors, then the mold people come in and they they work for a while, and then the uh, then the mechanical people have to build all the stuff that goes inside, and then uh, the last guys are the foam guys and the paint guys who bring it all together, and then they take it to the set. Um, as someone who I never specifically was, you know, had the had the the, the skill set of, you know, I don't sculpt, I don't paint, I don't do molds. So it was always a harder slog for me to get a job when things were being built because, like, well, what do you do? It was like, well, I'm a puppeteer. It's like, well, we don't need puppeteers until we go to set. And then because you have all these guys who have worked so hard on building this stuff, the logic usually is, well, they should be the ones to puppeteer it on set. So Which can't be the wrong decision. Yeah, exactly. And it can be the right decision or wrong. So, um, you know, actually, Steve Johnson um, – did something that was fairly unusual. I mean, he he told me at the time on the abyss. He says, you know, I've never hired someone just to be in charge of the puppetry of a creature. 
because um, usually I just bring the guys from the shop to the set and we do it. And uh, so you're either that badass or you're that good of a lay. Yeah, pretty much. Either it's both, really. Um, you give great head. But later, but in other projects after after I uh, after I work for him, Steve actually, you know, he he said that uh, he, you know I, I met other people who had been the lead puppeteer on on Steve's projects, you know, and, and that was their job to just be in charge of the performance. Um, so you could still have the mechanical guys because really what what was happening. Uh, Although this is was this a Columbia Warner's was notorious because Warner's would not want to pay uh, SAG uh, puppeteers, so Warner's. Um, but the but in a lot of these movies, because because it costs more. Um, you, have, you, know, <laughs> you say what scab puppeteers? Exactly. Yeah, as opposed to is because you know they they would you know as a, if, if you know, a thing like that comes to the set, that's fifteen more actors you're paying that day. You know, it's like oh we're all in SAG and we're all going to get residuals. And and the the problem is that that's what makeup creature guys would use that as their incentive for their, their crews. It's like, okay, well, I can't really pay you that much in the shop, but I'll take you to the set and get you a SAG card, and you'll be making bank off this movie for the next decade. So that, too, made it harder for me as a person who's like, no, I actually am a puppeteer. Legitimately, it's a skill I have as opposed to being a drill press operator. Right. Um, perhaps you should use me. So it, it, it was sometimes hard to get work. you know. So, then, so guys like Mark who could build and then puppeteer, I don't resent, though, because Mark at least is a really good puppeteer, and... And his stuff is is you know worth watching. Now, is this Orion's belt bit part of the original story? Not at all. Okay. My well, the, the <clears throat> other question I wanted to ask, did, um, kind of well, a question and then a point to make. Did the did your story take place in New York? No, it mostly takes place in uh, out of the way places. Mm. Small towns, well, presumably because farmland. It had to do with you well, being. Right. Yeah, had you ever been to New York at that point? <laughs> Did you have a mental picture of New York at all? Where I grew up, New York was what you told children that were bad yeah. that they would go <laughs> we're there. Send you to New York. Because <laughs> the gates of hell close yeah, behind you, kitty. Clang. Eat your vegetables. We're going to send you to New York. As much as again, there's that speech about oh, we can't tell people because they'll freak out. I'm like everyone who comes across an alien takes it incredibly well. Yeah, it seems <laughs> to handle it. <laughs> and and for the most part, they're like this makes so much sense because they're in New York. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. So I was wondering if that don't was. they have a line about that about how New York is where they go because that's where they can blend in the yeah, easiest. Yeah, yeah. And then and then both uh, both Jay and um, whatever her name really is. Uh, oh. It becomes L, but it's a longer yeah. name. Um, yeah, they're both like, this makes so much sense. I met this cab driver. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, they make a, there's an outright joke about that later with the dog and then the guy yeah. that owns the right, dog. Yeah. And they're like, that guy's definitely an alien. Yeah, yeah. Nope, no, they should, he's nope. just a New Yorker. So uh-huh. here's the, here's, and here's Tommy Lee Jones' other, other nailing of the line. Yep. The, uh, the, the triad. And, uh, you know, he just, it's a masterpiece of minimalism, the way he pulls this line off. And, uh, <laughs> the way he's getting pissed off. He's just like, you know. Mm-hmm. He's like Tommy Lee Jones. And look at that! Look you. at that intensity, man. Yeah, exactly. I would not want Tommy Lee Jones to be mad at me in real life. I would Has not Tommy want Lee Jones that. If I, were, if I were in the scene with him when he did that line, I think I'd probably freak out for the first couple takes. Yeah, like when he gives me that look, Tommy. You're, 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 I think I might break. Just freeze, like. Ever played this game with yourself where you where you try to figure out who has a voice that belongs in a Pixar movie that hasn't been in a Pixar movie yet? Tommy like Lee Owen Jones. Wilson was my go-to guy until Cars came out. Yeah. T- Tommy Lee Jones has a good Pixar voice. I don't know what he'd play. Hmm. Anyway, well, whatever. I don't know. I'm sure it's something that we would never think of. Yeah, uh, uh, VHS tape. I don't know. That's the first <laughs> thing I saw. <laughs> I well, didn't tell you. They left out one of my favorite Men in Black props because they didn't like the hand model. Really? What? Then what was that? Um, the Men in Black have a card, which they've got something similar to it in the Doctor Who series now, where you you hold the card up and you say what it is, 
and uh, it becomes what you say it is. Oh, like an like an ID. Like if you go, if you say I'm, I'm with I'm whatever with department. By the time you get the card up to where the person can oh, see that's it, great. that's what the card that's says. Cool. Awesome. Or if you need to charge something, it's you know it's a platinum card, mm-hmm. whatever. Oh, sweet. Uh, and they had shot that in the sequence at the farm where they're uh, talking to the woman, uh, and the hand model they they had they didn't like. Okay. So the insert that they lost because it's like I don't they, like cuticles. They couldn't reshoot the hand. Uh, <laughs> well, I think the guy's hand was a little chubby compared to Tommy Lee Jones's. Oh, that's a bummer. I think that 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 is an awesome mo- moment with the safety glass. He goes to shatter it and it just kind of <laughs> cracks. Oh, oh. <laughs> now this is this is a kind of you know seeing you as a director. You kind of go, okay, we're going to set up an entire beautiful jewelry store set, and I'm going to send in Vincent D'Onofrio and go go nuts, go <laughs> go nuts, pal. And take two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, reset. Cut. Let's go again. <laughs> Arlie Ermy walks in. Bam! Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I kill you already? Well, I learned a lot of respect for the extras on my one day, uh, long day on the set. They went into golden time the day I was there. Ooh. Yeah. Started in the wee hours of the morning and continued on. Well, the, the craft services truck was putting out dinner. Wow. Yeah. And lots of walking in the this the is sequences. The, the headquarters scenes. The yes. everyone just has to run back and forth exactly. constantly, no matter what the oh, scene yes. is. Just keep cycling in the background. Yeah. This was a. Um, I, have, I have a friend who's actually an effects artist. In fact, he's a ex Lucas effects artist now. Uh, who had this whole thing where he's like, I don't understand the difference between a tux or a suit or anything. So whenever I whenever I want to dress up nice, I walk into men's warehouse and say. Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> and he tells me this, he's telling me this whole thing, and he's like, and one time I had a wedding, I couldn't wear a tux, and I said, Men in Black. <laughs> and they're like, oh, here you go. Nice. <laughs> I just like how he's like, you just walk into the door, point to your chest, and go, Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> yes, I would like to look like Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> Take Dummy Man to, to place with clothing. <laughs> Put on clothing. Make it look like Will Smith. I give you the money, the money cards, and you give me the thing that makes me look like Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> and does it work? Does he walk out looking like? I, I never does he walk out in slow motion with the guitar music asked playing. Them, yeah. Ask them like Doug right there. I give you the plastic card, and you give me the Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> and it is good. <laughs> I, don't know. A, I can't imagine looking good in a tux, but I'm sure he looked as good as you can. Uh-huh. T- a tux, you know, a tux will improve. I mean, only only Pierce Brosnan, you know, will look really good in a tux. But you know, almost anyone. Will look will look better in a tux. Even I look kind of okay. I've seen in a tux, you're yeah. dashing. Yeah, I know. And it's it's the tux. It's totally the tux doing I, yeah. the work. Oh no, it's not like I became a different person when I put on some fabric, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I one, the first time I ever wore a tux, I had to go to someone's wedding and I and I rented one. And I, I was I dropped by an ex girlfriend's house. Can I, can I stop off at your place and change? Because you're right down the street from where I need to go. And I had this rented tux. And I stepped into her bathroom and put the tux in. I stepped out and she almost jumped me. All right, you know we'd been, we'd been broken up for a year and a half, and it was like a, a like a pathological need. She suddenly wanted to, to throw me to the ground. Now, this place operates as an ambassador between humans and alien races of all sorts. I feel like they'd be able to translate Archelian language faster than this. Mm. Well, there it is. Well, no, but it's it, we've only gotten so, yeah, so much really. of this, and they had it like, you know, 30 minutes ago at this point. Right. Because they have a galactic standard week to figure it out. Yeah. One hour. Well, maybe maybe Archelians don't show up that often. We, you know, we don't get a chance to, to work with their language that much. I wouldn't say this anymore. I think that's a little bit... Uh a little bit convenient. I would have said a cemetery if I were, you know, 
guy with a uh, fly swatter stand. The, the, the question <laughs> the question was where do you put your dead people? Wasn't is that the setup? Where do you keep your dead? Where do you keep your dead? Yeah. Me personally? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So the line here about ref- refracting gas from Venus that's right. from my comic book. Oh nice. Great. Well, that's just, a, almost exactly from the first issue. Great. Yeah. He's, he's completely mangling the the standards. Like well, the the, <laughs> the the idea is I tried to put as many of the cliches in right. as possible. What they the things they say the things they say the UFOs and, are yeah, right weather balloons swamp gas mm-hmm. Venus etc. I put as many of them in as I could. So little Cunningham, you created Men in Black. What have you been up to lately, sir? <laughs> Real quick, by the way, that's that's riffraff from uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not, but it looks like him. Bam! It should be. Yeah, well, it should be. be. It should totally be. should. I wasn't be, sure yeah. if you were t- making a gag or not there, so I'm like, we would, need to not. I was testing you. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> are, are you still that's, doing that's what, uh, creative stuff and comics yeah. and the whole? Should be that guy though. The whole fun making stuff thing. I, I don't talk about things anymore until they appear. Mm. Fair enough. Frank is actually a. I mean, we we had a glut in the last decade or so of the, freaking the talking, talking dogs, animals, yeah, but the, but Frank is quite successful. Frank I works, think. yeah. Frank is really well done. There's a company called Rainmaker that does an awful lot of CG talking animals or oh, CG, CG jaw movement. They they actually had uh, uh, a couple of dogs. A I think of, a couple of Franks, a couple, a couple of pugs. Pe- uh, pugs, yes. That, um, they were on set. They, yes. Uh, just in case he shook one to death. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just in case one um, didn't make it. He really is giving it to that dog. <laughs> I'm worried about this dog. Well, th- th- that was monitored by the... Uh, <laughs> it, not very well. It looks, <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones hates that dog. Look at him. Hi, my name is Bob. I'm from the ASPCA. Yeah. I'm here to... But you're Tommy Lee Jones, so whatever you want to do is fine. Illegal shaking of doggies. Yeah, and then and then Tommy Lee Jones put the dog down and shook the ASPCA guy for a little yeah, while. Yeah, I'm like, let me show you how I do it. Can I do this to him? Yeah, that'll be fine, sir. I'm so proud of you guys for, for nailing the Richard O'Brien record. <laughs> I, I thought, I, I, thought I was just so like on a skate on that. You all nailed on it. That's great. I'm a fan. Besides, if I, if it's I Mr. could do Hand. anything, it's Richard O'Brien. Yeah, I would never now, mistake I don't that necessarily, other guy for Mr. Hand. Again, with the the sort of the tenuous connection to Belt, did Will Smith like just figure it out? Is, it, is the point little, that he just figured it out? Because if it's, I don't think he sorted it out yet. She's about I think to he sort was it try, out for us. He was actually, yeah. I think he was actually trying to say Bell, not Collar. See. On its bell. Oh, yeah. okay. That could, be, that could be right. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. The galaxy's I like on Orion's that. bell. By the way, that's a big-ass thing for a that's cat. A, yeah, that's, that, yeah, that cat will be happy to get rid of that galaxy. Uh, so uh, what's there to be said? Now, was the very tiny galaxy thing something that was of your invention? Or did that come along later? That's part of this story. Okay. Yes. Trey, how do we feel about very small galaxies? We like them. I'm all for them. I'm, I'm a big fan of them. I have one in, my, I have one in the car. <laughs> if you want to... It's I, every so often. I, every so often, I grab the very small galaxy and I shake it just so they know that you know God's still in charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, and here's the here's the here's the David Cross uh, cameo oh, where, yeah. where he yes. David Cross is David Cross is the the guy who's he and Will Smith and uh, Tommy Lee Jones are in both Men in Black movies for mm-hmm. whatever reason. My David Cross anecdote: the first famous person I ever met was Penn of Penn and Teller after Penn and Teller show, and that was at a Penn and Teller show. Years later, at comma, uh, no Celebration Two. Uh, the next famous person I ever met, and I actually met in an organic setting, was David Cross. And I was peeing next to him, and I couldn't say hi. Because <laughs> you don't go, hey, hey, I know you from Men in Black. and Put your hand out, like, dude, hey, shake hands. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I crossed the streams, and hey. Yeah. Don't, whatever you do, don't turn and acknowledge him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's one of those things. It, it was a bummer. I felt I kind of felt robbed, to be honest with you. Yeah. I did uh, years ago when I did the TV wheel, which was the Joel pilot, Joel Hodgson pilot uh, that didn't uh, work out. Um, David was in that, and it was before before you'd seen him in anything. But uh, he was he was funnier than hell. He was he was on a date, wasn't he, with a girl? And he yeah, there drinking? was the, the little drink tater, and he was also <laughs> it was a, a, a scene you have to see to believe. It's uh, there was a, the pinball machine called the Nude Dude, where he was actually li- laying in a pinball machine with he was wearing a little g string, but it's, he's got his hands over his genitals like he's like it's a pinball machine with just a naked guy inside of it, and you're bouncing steel balls off of him, and it's supposed to be therapy. It was one of the more bizarre skits. <laughs> it in the sounds like a it's like but a David, night. David was the new dude in the pinball machine. Well, uh, while the movie was being filmed, uh, Alex Trebek came by and visited one day. <laughs> He's definitely an alien. Or well, ca- or if, Canadian. But if is there any, a anyone who's also watched the X Files knows he played one of the Men in Black in the X Files. I did oh, not know that. I didn't. Yeah, they did an episode with the more traditional. Uh, Men in Black, Men in Black from mm-hmm. UFO Legends, not not my take on them. And uh, you may recall that those Men in Black mimic famous people so that oh. the, when you report them, it sounds like you're crazy. Yeah. Alex they, Trebek, oh, came, Alex Trebek and came and commanded me not to. Oh, okay. they had, awesome. they, <laughs> and the, the two Men in Black they had were Jesse Ventura and Alex Trebek. <laughs> Alex Trebek. <laughs> I'd buy that. I would pay to see that. I, that'd be great. Now, it's, well, you can. It's on DVD season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, I'll back, have to pay. I forget which season it back was. Back on the subject yeah. of makeup, you know, you can do a zombie. You get you get some prosthetics. You paint them up. You make it real obvious and fun to look at and cool. I feel I feel like the transition from Edgar to person to Edgar to I'm about to rip my skin off because it's just decomposing is really elegant. And mm-hmm. I wonder how complicated it is to have a subtle. No, the skin is just falling off, but it's not not zombie level. In your face, it's just when you look at his face, you can see that there's clearly makeups going on that are like his cheek is kind of sliding oh, yeah. down, stuff like that. Where it's it's not it's not a gunshot wound or something like that. It's not. I guess. Well, I, I, mean, I wonder if it would be easier just to do a gunshot wound than to subtly make the cheek look like it's about to slide off. It depends. I, I, I'm sh- I, I would guess a lot of that. We're going to see his face in a second, so we can look at it then. I, I guess there's an amount of that that's in like the performance and in simpler than you think kind of makeup. Like he's probably like his his left. You know the left side of his face. I bet he just stuffed cotton balls and the you know between his his. Gum Here's why they have ashtrays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think we ever see him smoke again, though, do we? It no. was just it was for Go this for effect. Goo. Yeah. <laughs> so they actually justified the effect by putting the ashtrays in the thing. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a setup for this. It was a setup a half hour ago. Yeah, and you you noticed it. They nailed it. That's a nice little cut there where he never actually gets out from under the table. Yeah. Sort of like he, he just, just stands. stands up into frame. You know, Vincent D'Onofrio is a normal-looking guy. Why do they keep casting him in absolutely insane roles? Like, maybe he likes it. Maybe, I so. but I mean, he played Orson Welles. That was probably the most normal, well, normal role he ever played. Yeah, I know. It's like most of the time he's going apeshit and threatening to kill people. Mm-hmm. That's his thing, apparently. Yeah, I'm, look- I'm looking at... He uh, does it well. I'm looking at Edgar. They, they've. It looks like m- most of the makeup. I mean, there's there's skin peeling effects, and then there's a big kind of goiter thing they did around his neck. But most of what's going on with his face is very simple. He's either making a face or he's got something stuffed in his mouth, basically. And he's got that white contact it's lens. That little little like a little fly homage they just did. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, like Gina Davis was watching this movie, going, "I did that once." <laughs> And then I, 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 I we'll see when it, uh, oh, <laughs> they, throw, 
this is a nice little clue here. When they see this beaded seat cover and they go, he's in a cab. Yeah. <laughs> they, they recognize by the tchotchkes that he threw out of the cab that he must be in a cab. Yeah. Now, that's a good effect there. That was disgusting. Yep. That's a beauty of tentacles in the mouth. But the, the, the cab revelation is nice. So, at this point, when, when you watch this movie, is it just sort of this numb, I've seen this a million times thing? Does it, does it remind you, does it harken back to writing the story and laying it all out? I mean, I guess in, in specific terms, what's your relationship with this movie in 2010? Is, oh. it, is it just another movie at this point? No, it's bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, hey, okay did, we, did you get a penny because we bought this DVD? <laughs> did we rent this DVD? Did uh, we buy this or we rent this? I, I, I bought this. It's, it's mostly, okay. m- mostly merchandise for me. Yeah. Yeah. And the merchandise, nice. the merchandise is still, I mean, is it still doing well? I mean, obviously it must have had a, a peak you well, know, around they, the movies they, coming they still out. Well, black stuff at the theme park still. There's yeah. a ride. I'm, I'm sure so most of what I'm getting steady. these days are from... Yeah, from that because yes. I mean, Back to the Future was still selling merchandise when they had that ride right. open yep. for twenty years until Traeger moved it until I yeah, <laughs> until I replaced it with The Simpsons. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Leah Thompson. That just there goes your dime. Well, I mean, I guess my question is: Does this movie interest you at this point? Are you are you getting bored watching the movie? No, I I, I don't watch it as often as as you might. He just sits there like Sunday night time to watch your Chetching. Um. Was there was there any interest uh, on your part uh, when when this was happening and uh, you know everyone was like oh my gosh Men in Black is a rap song um, what, <laughs> did you did you consider maybe starting the the comic series up again like did you stop writing it because you just kind of the story was told or or there uh, there have been attempts but they've never uh, seen the light of day uh huh but but yes we that. Okay. There's more there than I want to go into right <laughs> fair now. Fair enough. Fair enough. We do have another hour, but that's <laughs> no, 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 fine. Uh, we're heading to. I think we're heading to Act Three, aren't we? Uh, yeah, they're about to go through the tunnel. He's talking about gonna... the credits. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. What was it? A 97 minute movie with seven minutes of credits. Seven minutes of credits. So, and, and sometimes that's exactly what it should be. You know, sometimes you know that extra half hour is completely unnecessary. <laughs> you know, so, we haven't we haven't been on on typical. Hmm. There has been very few of the party lines of down in front, but the more I think about it, and I've been sitting here in my head going through the movie and thinking the structure, this might qualify for perfect movie status. Oh, I think so. It, I wouldn't complain about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, one of the things we talk about all the time, Lowell, and for new listeners, I guess, hmm. is that when a movie sets up so many themes, so many concepts, and so many character arcs, and pays all of them off perfectly, so that's just this very cohesive, finished so to speak, story, where everything that you need is there and it comes to an ending and everything makes sense and connects and, in, and, in, technic- in a well way. and technically everything is, yeah, everything, is done, every, everything done Everything well. about it works and everything that they set up pays off and there's, there's no ideas that haven't been fully explored. Right. The movie is effectively perfect. Mm-hmm. You really mm-hmm. couldn't improve upon it because that would, that would involve like introducing a whole new theme that they'd have to do. The, yeah. When everything is kind of, mm, there it is. Uh, things like, what, what are examples of perfect movies that we've Princess talked about? Bride. Princess Bride. Princess Bride was one of them that we talked about, yeah. yeah. Where it's just, everything about that movie just Absolutely works and it holds its own. Oh on its boy! Don't even get him started. Yeah, really. Princess Bride. <laughs> oh, off to the races. Yeah, Princess Bride is one of those. Yeah, yeah. In uh, this 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 sequence was the sequence they chose to do in Be Kind Rewind uh, for when oh, they right. started. Yes, the, uh, yes. And <laughs> I, I didn't figure that one out. How how was this the 
archetypical scene. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was actually cute. If you didn't see it, the idea of Bequan Ryan was that they would. I think make... he saw it. I think he saw it. He was just saying he didn't no, understand I'm talk, why I'm they talking chose to the listeners now. I know. No. I, clearly, go fucking it. watch it. Uh, <laughs> don't, yeah, don't watch it. But the idea, the, the the idea of the movie that should have been the idea of the movie, and in fact, it was about ninety seconds in the middle, but was mm. basically these guys have to remake movies that they've accidentally erased. And they do it cheaply, and it's funny to watch the cheap versions of these movies, right? Yep. Uh, and the one, the way they did Men in Black was this sequence, and they had all these little Hot Wheels glued to a big spool uh-huh. that they were spinning, and the spool was just going under it. So you just see like, this wave of, we- of, of cars rolling <laughs> past the camera, and they, they flip the camera that's filming this action upside down so that the two guys standing in front of the spool are <laughs> looking down at it, and that's their Men in Black thing, mm. which is adorable. I wish Be Quiet Rewind had been nothing but that, but in fact, Michelle Gondry decided to tell a story. And that never goes well. Yeah. What was he? That was there? a that was a pretty uh, that was a successful CG car. Yeah. Pretty uh, transformer. Now did they have, did they have the kick ass car in the comic? Uh, is that or was that a? Is that it a looked movie? more oh. like the POS. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it didn't that do part was dead on transformation. Uh, they they did tend to drop it from uh, airplanes and things. Okay. It had a really good <laughs> suspension. Oh, okay. They would just throw it. It's like they would just drop it with wherever they needed to go. They just hurl it. Pretty much, yes. Nice. Well, that's a good car. I mean, that's not a POS, then. That's a pretty solid car. <laughs> it's a POC. <laughs> I, would, I would watch Linda Fiorentino dangle from a tree in, in many movies. I'm okay with that. Where, um, when, he, when he takes off and, and then comes back around, it, well, this scene right here and a few, you could uh, kind of tell that they were making it up as they went along to an extent because... <laughs> Because I remember them um, showing this scene here, and uh, twice in two different versions, um, Will Smith asks asks him how do how do I use this thing, and the and Kay goes I have no idea at all, <laughs> or, or no he's like you know how to use this thing no idea whatsoever that that was his line. Um, it's not in the movie because Kay does understand how to use it, and it seemed pretty funny at the time. But I'm like what. What's the version of the movie where that line made sense? And in two separate, two different scenes, there was one version where he, they were taking the guns out of the car, and one version after the thing lands in front of them, and he cocks the gun after saying it. Um, a little ET moment there. Yeah, that's <laughs> just a very that's just a very interesting uh, <laughs> that that they could change uh-huh. the character that. Well, much. I think they used it in one of the trailers. Yeah, yeah. Which, t- uh, out of context, it doesn't have to make right, sense. Right, right. But was was that well? You read the drafts of the script. Was that a thing, or did they just put that in the trailer because they're like, we haven't shot this yet, and it'll be funny? Uh, they did some of that on the set. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, not as much as you might think, but uh, if if one of them came up with a a really cool way to say something, uh-huh. they they would do They'd that. Go with yes. it. Mm. Yeah. Man, that's right. Really cool UFOs. Yeah, that's right in front of like that entire stadium. I'd like to see yeah. them clean that up. Well, it's going to be in the tabloids <laughs> later. It's like uh, yeah. there's a there's a tabloid joke coming up. Now this 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 bit of the World's Fair is is real. I mean, yes. obviously obviously they they're building models here and, and destroying them, but but that that this park still is there. still standing. Yep. It's a very weird thing to see. It's this bizarre ruin that they just for whatever reason they have not very cool Definitely. model. You know, I, I, I've seen so many references to the World's Fair, and there was a Johnny at the Fair episode of MSC3K, and there's one. And there's the, I, the pilot episode. Is it of still happening? Twilight what Zone. the hell is the World's Fair? It's oh yeah, but it, it travels around the world. I did the World's Fair in Korea in, in the mid '90s. You um, did as if as in you. Then the trans. Yeah, I worked there. It's, it was. Listen, he, he mentioned in the Transformers. T- t- when you have a moment to listen to our Transformers commentary <laughs> that you were in on, <laughs> where I tell the, the story what, of going what is to the, the World's Fair. 
It's 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 an annu- I think it's annual. I believe it's an annual thing. Yeah, it has been ever since. Where where I live, there was a World's Fair yeah, in, no, yeah. in nineteen eighty two. Knoxville was the famous World's it's, Fair. It's like it's like the Olympics, but without athletes. They're like, look how badass this city yeah. is. You you got an Eiffel Tower? Fuck you. Yeah, all the well, well, all, the, co- all the countries of the world get together and they they spend oodles of money to build pavilions about they pick how a theme. fantastic they are. And uh, yeah. And then, and then they, there was a there was a great one of my favorite Simpsons episodes is when uh, Bart gets a right. gets a yeah. yeah so we're gonna go to the Knoxville World's Fair yeah. that sounds awesome but the, the World's Fair was like eighteen years ago yeah. <laughs> so they don't realize that the World's Fair doesn't last forever it's over <laughs> but they did go to the one place we have remaining from the World's Fair which <laughs> the, is the, the big which is the Sun Silver Sphere. The, Sun, yeah, Sphere. The Sun Sphere the big silver thing which so, is yeah. full of hats I believe in the Simpsons it was a wig shop it's, yeah. it's wig stock it's yeah, it's a yeah. wig sphere it's called the wig sphere. So here, here comes uh, Vincent, the digital bug, and uh, yep. and a beauty he is too. This is good work. <laughs> oh, ILM. Mm-hmm. So rarely do you fail us. <laughs> and this was not one of those times. They did perfectly fine. And I like he's he's still got that. He's got a little Vincent D'Onofrio vibe to him, you know. And yep. maybe it's I, I could still sort of like see, you know, he's got that vibe. Maybe it's because he's still talking with Vincent D'Onofrio's voice. It, does he? I don't think he does well, he's anymore. Kind of, yeah, he's kind of you know, grumbling and growling, but it's it's he's still got a D'Onofrio thing going on, much like uh, D'Onofrio's later work in Special Victims Unit. Actually, no. He he was talking on the set, but they brought in Maurice LaMarche to redo it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> this is a nice shot too. A nice little choreography. That was mm. an Edward walking past, just in case anyone. Yeah, beautifully it. done. They get away with a lot by having things and like CG things in the late nineties being wet or gross. I mean. That's a way. That's a way to get. How, you know, CG is kind of specularish, just to kind of begin with. Yeah. Try yeah. Let's it, make it wet. Oh, try, good. Try and not make it shiny and wet. That's <laughs> yeah. The, that's the problem. <laughs> now, there's the kind of fun scene you live for. It's like, okay, we're gonna put you in a big bag of slime and and uh, tumble you around, Mister Extra Man, and you're gonna pretend to be Tommy Lee Jones, but it's gonna be really uncomfortable and suck, really. <laughs> Which is why we're not actually gonna make it be Tommy Lee Jones doing it. Yeah. But uh, put on this wig, and here's your check. Will Smith is great. There's a moment here I never quite bought where he was. He, he at ca- least. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah, he's ruined now. Now his son is really you know, taking over the family business. Um, I never quite bought this moment coming up where he kicks open the, the, the dumpster and just like all the cockroaches fall yeah. out. Yeah. First of all, that he automatically knows it's going to be full of cockroaches to, to you know, make his point. Uh-huh. And the fact that it just never looked like I've, – I've never seen a dumpster so rusted you literally could just kick a hole through it. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I just – even at the old World's Fair site from the 1930s. I, I, can, I can buy the first part where he knew there were cockroaches, but yeah, the second one's a little – Bit of a stretch. Second piece of magic. So it, yeah, so, but it's, 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 it's about the closest I can come to going, okay, it's not a perfect movie after all. There's a <laughs> moment with a trash can that I don't buy at all <laughs> out of an entire movie full of visual, digital effects and acting. Wait. What set that branch on fire? Is that God? The uh, <laughs> he's just been swinging Yahweh burning, around this whole time. The burning bush. <laughs> I believe it was the exploding crashing spaceship. Yeah, the spaceship oh, was on fire. If you recall, it's exploded. It's still in the background. It's still a bit on fire. Burning. I guess that's true. <laughs> it looks like fries. In fact, I bought this yeah, DVD fries. that we're watching at Fries with a giant that-looking spaceship crash in the front of it. Yeah, for that's, that's ah, a yes. great for our listeners who don't have fries. Um, electronic Tech Value Electronic Superstore. Yeah, it's, yes. a, it's, it's an electronic store that I uh, grabbed hammer. They basically do theme stores. They, what they used to, and then they and then they went all Dubai and made like a shark theme store with actual sharks and stuff, and and they all ate each other, and were like, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> well, there's a beautiful we're just going to build Wonderland normal ones. Up, I thought up we north just sell here. stuff. No, it's west of here because it's the one near me, Woodland Hills. Oh, okay, cool. Because there's one, the one that's close to us where I bought this Blu-ray, uh, has. 
all like Forbidden Planet stuff, and there's uh-huh. like a like a seventy foot ant inside yeah. of it, and a that's giant a really UFO cool crashed one. out front. Very Day the Earth stood still. Yeah, they've got a gort. They've got an actual gort there, and they've got like a, a jeep that's been cut in half by some kind of ray. Yeah, and, like and there's also like split. a Darth Vader and other stuff. But yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, it's a sci-fi fries, which it's is very fifty sci-fi. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> fries itself is a very exhaustive store, yeah. but it's cool to have UFOs everywhere. Now they all look like borders. Yeah, yeah. It just ruins the charm. A friend of mine works at Fries in Indiana, and it looks just like a store, which is kind of a bummer. Because the you know the the wacky cheesiness of fries is the fun of it for me. <laughs> yeah, the one by where I used to live in the beach cities had a ho- was a Hawaiian themed fries. I just assumed all fries were like that until I saw the Alice in Wonderland fries. Oh, the one in Canoga. Yeah. Oh, now time we need to understand. Now, now this is we talked about this. What kind of good, slime is that? That's 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 some good slime. I, I feel like Will Smith's not really acting. He's like, yeah. I got oh, it yeah. in my eye. No, it's like Bill Murray and Ghostbusters. Like, yeah. yeah, they're just like okay. This is very much a kind of modern Ghostbusters. Like the it's very the nineties is Ghostbusters. It's not. It's just it's, it's it's instead of as smart alecky, it's deadpan. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, that's otherwise it has a lot of that that same kind of feel. Yeah. If we could ever like sit down and just talk to the creator of Men in no Black wonder, and uh, ask him yeah, about Ghostbusters, I, I really. Would like to know the process of how it came to. No be. wonder Columbia picked this up, though. You know, same people. But I've, I've always thought Men in Black Three and Ghostbusters Three should be the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just get, just get everybody together. There's they're working on it at the same time. And, and they're, they're working on Men in Black Three at this point, right? And Ghostbusters Are Three. They? Yeah. Oh. Cross your fingers. Wow. In fact, yes. they. In fact, yeah. they. They. I didn't uh, even know. They announced it in the same day. They they had a uh, they had an, an announcement because they've been rumored both of them have been rumored for years but uh, Sony actually put out a press release where they're like yes we're doing Men in Black three yes we're doing Ghostbusters three get off our backs <laughs> <laughs> see here's the thing the bug is blown in half so even if he swallowed Will Smith yeah it would just fall out the back just fall out the back well yeah. I, I imagine it was going to bite his brain yeah and kill him it could it doesn't have to swallow you well whole, he swallowed Tommy Lee Jones whole yes he did but he wasn't and necessarily going it wasn't to do that, that a lucky well. break for Tommy you Lee Jones you don't want to savor the taste of a Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> just just yeah. throw it back yeah no you don't he's like a, he's like one of those really difficult shots like those those high proof shots yeah you just throw it back to no. the back of your throat see and me I wouldn't eat, it down I wouldn't eat Tommy Lee Jones all at once I'd, I'd, I'd savor it I'd, yeah I'd break him in half you know and put put half I'd in remind the me about that cheerleader movie yeah bit of stir fry later yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta, you gotta make it last, man. I like. Where else has this arc showed up? Because I, it's a, it has a beautiful sort of resonance to it. The "I brought you in to replace me" thing. What? Where does that happen? <laughs> I brought you into this world so you can take me out. <laughs> <laughs> the paraphrase. I, I'm. It doesn't feel that familiar to me. So maybe I'm missing. Actually, yeah, it. no, exactly. It's got a, a wonderful sort of symmetry to it i feel like i've i've i don't see you don't see it a lot i feel like there's been a training my replacement thing before but i i can't think of where yeah, well, exactly. denzel washington training day but i think <laughs> that was a different kind of movie not from denzel's other movies yeah. since then but um was 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 it we keep turning him did you do this one um was that kind of the thing was he was you know was there an agent who was like i gotta get out of this uh, in, the, in, the, in the comics, you only ever see J and K. Okay, I love you know, that. You, so you never had headquarters or anything like that. Yeah, Zed, well, Zed was off camera. The, there's a little bit of headquarters, uh, which uh, it, it didn't work as well. Uh, but I, I was trying to do it like I wanted it to be like an Escher drawing, oh, and right. it, it just nice. it it didn't come off as well <laughs> in the execution as I thought it would. So, so in the comic, of course, you I assume it was an open ended story. How how long did you actually do the comic book? Yeah. Well, we actually only did uh, six issues of the original version. Hmm. No the, kidding. The, the first uh, group sold well enough that it was reissued 
in a trade paperback, and then we did some more. But uh, then it went out of print, as I said, for five years. When the movie came out, uh, there was a movie adaptation, which I did, and a a sequel, which, uh, since I knew the animated series was coming out, I wrote it as... uh, a tie-in so, with well, like I, a, I wrote it like to, to segue between the two, ah, yes. Nice. Uh, so um, I had a different way to get Kay back in the organization okay. than they did. Because what, what I'm getting at here is, is I presume the comic was just sort of open-ended and then just, you know, they, they, well, I, I they saw stopped. It, I did, saw it it as, a, did it have an uber arc to it, what, the, what you wrote in the original comic? Well, see, it was my Dude. first published. Yeah, okay, well, I wasn't thinking Uber art. Okay, well, that's fair enough. I was thinking, I was thinking episodic television uh, cause, style. Because what I'm getting at is, and, and we we had this conversation in Ghostbusters too for similar reasons, is this movie is is tells a very complete story. I yes. mean, it's like it's it's one of those movies where it's like you you really would have to work hard to come up with a good reason to do a sequel. And and my vote, and we haven't we're going to talk we'll talk about that movie someday. Um, but I don't think they came up with enough good reason to make a Men in Black too. I don't think they had a solid story. Yeah, that ju- you know, especially to you know, just to justify the jettisoning of L- Linda Fiorentino. Although it's a cute idea to try to yeah. reteach. I like yeah, it's, it's okay. got sort of a Ghostbusters yeah. two sort of thing where it's like we're going to have the same story again, but well, and that's what I'm well. objecting to is Ghostbusters two was also a blatant cash grab on, yeah. on everyone's part. Not that I'm sure Lowell minded the cash grab part, <laughs> but uh, you're like going to make a sequel. Awesome. That's I'm you know I'm guessing. But uh, why are you even asking? But this another thing that's so, what's so nice about this movie. Is they you know they really they you would kind of think well I guess maybe the sequel will be Linda Fiorentino and Will Smith walking around but but it tells in in a movie that seems like it wanted to be a franchise movie from the get go and these kind of movies they always go well leave room for the sequel mm. they really close the loop in this story yeah, which yeah. Is kind of un- feels unusual they, they left, did set up a great universe yeah. yeah they left room by not going all like departed on it and having everyone shoot each other in the face but I mean other than that Vern Troyer by the way now yeah. best known as Mini Me Mini Me and then the well. We we missed it, but the the other child in that scene because he was an alien child. The other child was Minnie Mimi on oh. the Drew Carey show. Oh, there you go. So so I know a lot of these folks, these these puppeteer guys, Alan Troutman, all these guys, too many names. Terry Harden, Terry Harden, I talked about in the Ghostbusters commentary, um, and Mark's track. You just saw all those names go by. For my part, Man in Black me. has never <laughs> been less cool than it was the first time I saw it. I probably I've probably seen this movie about eight or ten times in my life. I, I wow. really really enjoy this film, and. Um, the reason I didn't why realize it was, it was so time. short. This is a really short well, movie. Actually, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. You know, it it's probably 85, 90 minutes. 90, 90 yeah. minutes. About. The, Good for them. Yeah. This was the first time I'd ever identified, I think that's my favorite movie. Wow. And I haven't done that since then either. It was the only, in fact, to this day, it's the only time I've ever said, that is my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I don't have a favorite color, a favorite anything, but at one point in my life I said, Men in Black is you certainly You say that about like movie. a YouTube video every couple days on your Twitter. <laughs> don't give me that. <laughs> Well, that's true. Whoa. Helen Menken playing songs. Snap. That's a very important video. I saw this Fair guy enough. in his backyard who does this thing with a beach ball. It's my favorite video ever. <laughs> can a guy just say he likes Men in Black? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yes, you can. Give that's it, all give it a try. <laughs> Dark Man. <laughs> Asshole. What's your relationship <laughs> with Men in Black? Yeah. How do you feel about it? Um... Same thing. I think you know. Uh, I I always liked it. I think part of it I responded to the fact that it it feels. I think Clyde and Chris had a nepotism thing going yeah. on there. <laughs> it it he it definitely has a um has a kinship with Ghostbusters, and I think that's one of the reasons I appreciated it. It's very, um, you, it very much has that feeling, and and uh, Will Smith is is supplying the the Bill Murray, uh, you know, just kind of going off 
off script, but it still works and stuff like that. So, uh, but I've, I, yeah, I've always liked this movie, and I was very excited about uh, Men in Black Two, and very disappointed when I got it. Um, but we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah. oh, how is that like Ghostbusters? Yeah, <laughs> it's very like yeah. Ghostbusters. The sequel, strangely uh, like yeah. Ghostbusters. But being um, a less funny mimic of the first. Um. Yeah. Hmm. I've got uh, I've got no complaints and nothing that really turned. But other than the f- uh, well, not a complaint, but other than I I really don't remember it being this short. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, this just flew on by. But uh, as as Trey said and as we discussed, I think it's uh, it completely tells the story. It's a, it's, movie. A, it's a perfect movie, and it's yeah, it's 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 great. I Can I geek out a moment? Geek oh, out, please. One of my favorite things going to the uh, premiere party. I got to meet Mark Hamill. No, no way! No yeah, kidding. why wasn't he one of the aliens on yeah, that screen? That would have made sense. <laughs> he was there, and uh, we talked a little bit because he does comics as well. All right, oh, yeah, right. yeah. And he actually did comic book the movie. That's right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, but yeah, he does comics. <laughs> that's all I know about Mark Hamill. Shut up! He's geeking out. Yeah, I, that's it was just, all. You it know. was just great, <laughs> and and I, I used my uh, the artist uh, was there. My artist friend uh, Sandy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used him as an excuse to go over and, and meet Mark Hamill. Wow. Because yeah. I can introduce someone, right? right? <laughs> I, I love that, that idea, the, the, the idea of like, okay, Mark Hamill has met neither of us. I'm going to introduce my friend yeah. to him <laughs> as an excuse to go talk. That's awesome. Have you met Lowell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just like walks away. Well, I, I, had, I, I figured I'll say, hey, this was based on my comic book. You write comic books. Okay. Here's right. the artist. You know, it was the, we it all was, had a connection. It was the premiere. I forgot that part. <laughs> well, why was Mark Hamill there? Huh? What was his connection to the whole thing? Why shouldn't he be there? Yeah. That's Mark a good question. Hamill could be anywhere he wants. Mark Hamill's coming to all of my premieres. Yeah. A- apparently, there were, him. Apparently, he doesn't know it yet. I keep but inviting he him. There were quite a few people. At the at the party that I I would have geeked out and met that that I didn't know were there. Like Dean Kane oh wow was there nice. and I didn't find out about it till like two days later when they they were showing it on Access That's Hollywood he was or something. Plain clothes. Yeah, see, <laughs> the disguise know. is perfect. <laughs> he doesn't look anything at he all like Superman. It, he had his glasses on. glasses on. Curses! Ah, I didn't recognize him. So, so Trey, how do you feel about Men in Black? I I you know I haven't sat down and watched it uh, start to finish in quite some time. So it was. Uh, yeah, I, it's I'm I'm impressed all over again that it's just it's solidly made and it's it works it just works it just it moves I think it's it's helped by the fact that it's only ninety minutes long because it certainly doesn't feel like it's that short because yeah. it's just packed with stuff I mean it never it never lets up for a second which is one of the reasons why it works and uh, this is kind of an interesting companion piece you know if you if you haven't already now go and bookend this and and enjoy our wild wild west commentary in which the same director and the same lead actor using the same tone and the same style with a same or similar song yeah attempt to (laughs) recreate the magic of men in black and somehow miss the mark completely well i mean if if you're gonna make men in black again you have to have a giant spider in the third act yeah you do it i mean it it's especially impressive how solid this film is, given what we were talking about, like how 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 easily could how closely yeah. to could have been how a, close to a clusterfuck it was. Yeah, basically, could have from, been a complete train wreck. <laughs> and and when you know you, you know scholarly works can and should be written on why Men in Black was you know is uh, still holds up as a great uh, a perfect movie, and Wild Wild West has been like all but forgotten and you know buried. Buried at low Except tide, a, buried at low tide, with its head cut off and garlic in its yeah. mouth. I mean, <laughs> find someone who admitted that Wild Wild West was ever made to begin with. Now, yeah. Lowell, did you find the process of having your comic book turned into a giant summer blockbuster painful or enjoyable or surreal? I mean, mostly the latter two. Yes. Really? Now they 
they, well, they changed my credit in the uh, opening. I don't know if you noticed it said the Marvel comic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marvel. In the second it's a, second movie, it says Malibu because that's what my contract specified. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Does Marvel have anything to do with anything? <laughs> How did Marvel get into the so picture? They owned movie? Malibu by, the, by that oh, point. Oh, okay. And, and, uh, but they'd never released Men in Black as a Marvel comic, though. Is uh, the, the tie-ins to the movie they did, right. yes. Okay. I, I guess I guess the one difficult part was it ever frustrating that it's like people don't know you're the guy who did men. I mean, we talked about that a little bit on the set, but just in general, it's like there's this big thing, and people, you know. I kind of like being able to let people know if I want to, oh, fair but enough. they don't yeah. come up to you like Mark Hamill and bug you randomly <laughs> by introducing their friend. Uh, well, the the occasional person who has actually. Uh, come up at a, at a convention or something uh. they've sought me out because uh they've seen what i did as a success story and in some cases they're trying to duplicate that themselves mm. and so uh it's fine in that instance because they're, they're getting something from it you know it's not mm. uh they're not asking me to sign something that's going to be on ebay two days later right are do, do do you find that it's, uh, according to the story you told, do you find that it's difficult to give them advice when you're like, no, no lucky break. Get one of those. Those are more popular. <laughs> Ten years later, suddenly they sold it. Yeah. Roll a critical hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Nicely done. Try not to fail your saving throw. <laughs> the, Natural really, 20, I'm, friends. Huh? Natural 20. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yes, I, I'm not the example to put up of the <laughs> work hard and you'll succeed. <laughs> I complete yeah, – after the initial concept, complete luck. <laughs> okay. So that's what, that's what you have to do That That's the advice. Get lucky. Get really lucky. Yeah. I, I, you know, Try I, it shooting, be in the backyard shooting some food and up from the ground. Become <laughs> <laughs> a bubbling crew. I want to keep asking you questions all night long, but I guess we'll wrap up on this one. We, have, we, have we, we will. We just so, won't record it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You guys are all going to miss out on the next conversation. Uh, have you ever had someone come up and be like, dude, it's all true? <laughs> have you ever had someone actually, come up and be all actually, freaky serious? Um, I've forgotten his name now. Uh, Keel, the the Mothman guy. Oh, oh, I don't know his, Is that his real name? name. Yeah, O'Keefe. No, 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 no. Not not in the movies. The the, ori- the original the writer, Mothman the, guy. Oh, okay. no, no, the, okay. who wrote the the books about it? Is it Keel? I, I don't know. I don't know the name. Uh, I got a fan letter from him where he uh, threatened to burn my nose hairs out with a torch, <laughs> but I took that as actually a high compliment. <laughs> Okay. For what? For exposing the truth or something? Make, something like you're that. You're working yeah. with them. You're with them. You're making it. You're yeah. making it Disney-fied, you're, so you're no one's mocking scared. it, so people yeah. won't it's take so, the truth so, seriously. It's sort of on the same level as the JFK movie, where it's like, do you think if they could kill a president, they would let Oliver Stone make a movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you think if the Men in Black existed, they would let Lowell make a comic about it? No, no. See, that's how. <laughs> no, 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 see, that's how it works, Mike. I'm just a shill. You're a shill, man. Exactly. Yeah, see, they l- let him. They had him do it so that you know everyone's cool with the. Oh, so the I, men I don't. Black, I don't. I don't funny. remember yeah, the. I don't exactly. remember those late night visits, yeah. but they must have happened. Yeah. Well, they, sir, they make you. They, they have make a you forget. They've got a bizarre flashing in my eyes. <laughs> yes. really and every time they use it, they owe you ten cents. Yeah. Well, and, and and you know Spielberg pushed the movie through, and we know he's got lots of a, uh, oh, alien yeah. friends. Oh, right? he's totally connected. He's yeah. hooked up. Totally hooked up with the aliens. 
All right, we could keep doing this, and we're going to do it without you. So That's for, the, right. for that, so you have to imagine the rest. Thank you very much to Lowell for coming out and doing thank this you. episode yes. with us. Yes. Glad to be here. This has been down in front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. You can find us on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter. You can go to the cafepress.com store and buy yourself a hoodie. Go to the forum register. You can always find out more about the show. And if you want to learn more about the stuff we talked about in the forum, there will be a dump full of links by our glorious PA Matt. So you can also, find yay. out every little yay, yay go yay. Matt M Fader on the forums. Find him, ask him questions because he has all the yeah. answers. Register and find yeah. out. He, you can, oh. He's already written down everything we just got wrong. In yeah, the past exactly. He's, he knows all the answers. He has. He knows all, she wrote the Mothman thing. He has got all the Google. <laughs> download more episodes and find them. You can get a brand new one every single week. And uh, until next time, my name is T Christie. And this is. Paul Cunningham and my staff and we do a thing we do a thing yeah. this has been Down in Front thank you very much for listening good night good night it's all true if look. I can have you look right here for a second what, what is that what is that <laughs> hey where'd you, you guys know, come you from know, you know what we should do sometime Men, Men in Black, black. friendsinyourhead.com <laughs>